Hey guys, brand new podcast. As always, they come out every Wednesday. I'm a little late. We had a funeral this week, but it is Wednesday and it is released. Uh, it's a great podcast. Coming up real quick, every Tuesday night, Bert the Conqueror on Travel Channel at 8, 7 Central. Tune in, check it out. Uh, dates coming up. Flappers this weekend, June 17th and 18th in Burbank, Orlando the very next week. And then I got a week off, July 8th, 9th. I'm in Columbus Funny Bone, Hartford, Connecticut, July 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Then Syracuse, Stand Up Live in Phoenix, Kansas City, Toledo, Albany, Houston, not Houston, Cowheads Cruise, Helium, Philadelphia, Helium, Philadelphia, Comics Comedy Club, Gotham, Dayton, Baltimore, uh, uh, Today's podcast, really funny guy. He's been on the podcast before. He's been on Sullivan Son. He owned a, had an hour special on Comedy Central, a half hour special on Comedy Central. Um, you know him. You love him. Get ready and strap in for Owen Benjamin. This is that? Yeah. Check your levels. Hello. Check, check, check. That one's hot. Hello. That one's hot. Here we go. There we go. One more time, Owen. Yo. Big guy. Just dropped you low. One, two, three. Okay. Um, no, I. So wait. Let's. So this guys. So that real quick, we're gonna start off. This is gonna be part of the swap cast. Um, this is obviously you know Owen Benjamin. He's been on my podcast before. One of my favorite fucking lines. Our Brazilians are like uh, like avatars, <laughs> and they got hammers, man. I fucking laugh. To this day, when I think about that, there's no way I can meet a Brazilian and not think of your assessment of them as people. <laughs> no, and they got hammers, man. Dude, they got hammers. They're perfect genetic specimens. Yeah, and so, uh, so, but on your podcast, you analyze jokes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why so, did they laugh? So I obviously I tell probably more stories these days, but when I do write a joke, it's usually something topical. Yeah. And so I burn it. So the joke I'm obsessed with right now, yeah, really obsessed with, is catcalling. Okay, like um, and I'm because because I I talked to my dad about it, and I've talked to I've listened to people on radio shows. That video that went viral, the girl walking around, and the first thing everyone said was that was that's black dudes, that's black dudes and Puerto Ricans talking to her. No white guys, no white guys, no white guys. So that was like the go-to. Oh, that's what black people, you know. That, as a joke writer, I think that's where everyone would go to. Right. But then I thought, it has nothing to do with race. Nothing ever has anything to do with race. You're pulling some Malcolm Gladwell shit right here. Right. It's a socioeconomic exactly. behavior. Yeah. So Dude, I, that's awesome. So, and th- But then I get angry. I get angry. So this is where my joke writing, the flaw of my joke writing, is I get angry. Because when you say catcalling on stage, everyone puts their heels into the sand of where they stand. Right. All the guys go, it's black guys. But don't you love when you can break through that? That's the greatest feeling in the world. So, yeah. With something like that, I feel like you have to do it with math. So, but what I do is I punish them at first. I go, catcalling, let's talk about it. I go, no one in here does it because usually a lot of my shows is predominantly white guys. Yeah. And everyone assumes that's where I'm going to go. And I go, guys, very simply, that's just how poor people communicate. You know? And they have to swing for the fence. Hail Mary pussy passes. Yes! Dude, that's great. (laughs) They have to swing for the fence. Yes. And so I say... I can't take them on dates. They got to try to find the weakest member of the herd and maybe get a BJ in an alley. <laughs> so... Genius, Bert. I go... So I said... So then... And, I, and then I say... But to be honest with you, because this is where joke writing has to go. Yeah. And if I, I'm blown away where when, a, when an audience 
gets offended that I take it to the next level. I go, to be honest with you, contrary, contrary belief would have to b- apply right now. It's not these men's fault. It's the women who fuck these men. It's their fault. Yep. And then I t- take it to analogy. I go, sir, have you ever gone fishing? Have you ever gone fishing and put your dick in the water? That's lazy joke writing. I should think of something smarter. But I go, have you ever gone fishing? There's nothing, and- lady about, there's nothing lazy about a dick. One time <laughs> someone goes, why do you do so many dick jokes? I go, because if I didn't, it's a TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, throw a dick in there. Yeah. yeah. I go, have you ever gone fishing and leaned up to the water and whistled at the water and said, hey, fish, you're looking good. Why don't you get in this boat? <laughs> I said, no. What did you do? You put a hook in the water. And it didn't work every time, but it just needs to work once. Totally. And I go in there. I bet there's a lot of fish in the sea that find that hook threatening, that find that hook aggressive and say, that hook makes me unsafe. Right. But there's one fish that's like, I'll suck that hook. That's so and that's funny. all you need. Dude, that's so funny. And then, and then, But I'm still angry in this joke. I'm still angry that no one's on board with me, that, that it's not getting an applause. So then I'll go, I'll go, so quite honestly, lady, I think it's your fault, ladies. I think you owe us an apology. Unless you plan on smoking them out, like the way we asked the Muslims to do with the Taliban, yep. then it's your fault. Totally. You owe us an apology. <laughs> Dude, the funny thing about that premise is like the people that would call it racist are the racists. Yes. Because they're yes. the ones, because you're talking about being having not a lot of things or money or resources. Yeah. And if they're like, oh, that's racist, it's like you're the one saying black people are poor, not me. Yeah, I never like, said it. Exactly. I said, I'm saying it's anyone who's poor. Right. It's oh, poor Italian it's guys, poor Irish guys. Oh, here's, here's a, a good uh, concept for that joke is that Poor white people live in a place where no one walks by their place. Like trailers, no one's walking to Wells Fargo past a fucking trailer. Poor black people <laughs> yeah. live in cities. And, and, and you're right. And, and poor, the predominantly poor white people in the foothills of Appalachia don't have a chance to interact. Exactly. Because you're going to cat call a cow? Yeah. Like, there's, no, there's no just hot. That's why they fuck sheep. Right. Yeah, because it's just hot asses walking by, but it's not your species. Yeah. <laughs> I love that bird. I think that's genius. Yeah, I've been, I've been, ha- I have a white whale of a joke lately. It's about how uh, ducks have fifteen-inch dicks. Did you know? You know that? No. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> once, once I get because, yeah, like it, just that concept alone makes me laugh. But people look at me; they either don't believe me or they're freaked out. Yeah. Because I, the whole thing is about. Um, how I want to be a duck because they they fly, swim, but still choose to walk. They're like the Navy SEAL of animals, <laughs> and then they have a fifty inch hammer. And it's because uh, there's so much uh, non consensual sex in the duck community that that uh, ducks have made two vaginas. You know, I can't stop. I can't stop. Because you know what part of the joke I feel like you skipped over? What's that? All the research you had to do to find out. So like, much. Like, so you know, much. Like, don't just go, don't even ask me how I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was a lot of whiskey, a lot of bread, <laughs> and a fucking, a lot of Duck Dynasty calls. Or <laughs> Dude, it took me a gram of Adderall to figure all this stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh. Because there's two duck vaginas. And to think about like a duck being sexually aggressive is so funny to me because it's like, meh, and the chick's like, meh. So they now have two pussies, one I call the party pussy, where if they don't want to fuck like a, a, a duck that they don't like, they send the dick down the wrong one. That's why ducks have slowly evolved until they have 15-inch dicks, so they can navigate this labyrinth of pussy. Shut up. Wait, they yeah. have two vaginas. Yeah, no, duck, it's like a, a, a genital arms race. Like the, 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 the duck pussy up. is like... Becoming a labyrinth because it doesn't want to just get. 
Because it's like duck rape to me is funny because they're so docile and dumb looking. <laughs> yeah. But like that, see, that's another thing that, you know, when you're like, Meh, and the chick's like, Meh, and it's like, Meh, you know, but those are things. It's the same. They dig their heels in the ground where they hear a word and they're like, uh, like Mexicans love that shit. Like when I do Pasadena, that they yeah. fucking love it. But um, when you do like all white crowds in the suburbs, they're like, he just peanut. Like, what, what, was the, what was the rant? What was the rant you did in Tampa? I think it was Tampa. But like you did, I, I want to say it was Tampa. You've been posting videos of you online telling. Oh, jokes. Tampa was great. Because and it I, was great. It was like ten minutes long, and it started off so cold, and then I did all the racial stuff until everyone was clapping, because because yeah. people are good. I don't think people are bigoted i think that we are just born to have small tribes and then when you start connecting people like what you did with the cat call thing connect people outside of these made-up things like race and and, and nation and stuff people start blending because i noticed yeah. that when i lived in georgia i used to be a tree guy in georgia and uh after a couple of weeks like some of these like like hillbilly bros were like New York's like the East though, right? Like they're trying to justify that they're friends with a northerner because that was cool. And I was like, holy shit, this is everything. It's like, it's just a tribe. And when you can break those, those bonds, like I I don't do politics either, but I do, uh, kind of like what you did where I I tried to break the mold, right? The whole joke is that the, the president isn't powerful. They're like a, a manager at Applebee's. And then I go through each one and Republicans, Democrats, independents, they all laugh at it where it's like, you know, Obama is just like soup. You want new soup? We can get soup. And then uh, Trump's like, <laughs> it's gazpacho, cunt. It's supposed to be cold. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and I'm like, the best uh, president would be Jimmy Fallon because he just makes everyone chill where it's like, no way. You have cold soup. Tropical Quest's here. Let's all hang out. Putin loves vodka. No way. I'm Jimmy Fallon. How it's like the joke isn't like who is the best president. It's what is the president. Yeah. Like the president, basically their job is just to make everyone fucking chill out so the S&P doesn't tank. It's, see, things like that, I always find, that was like the way Patrice um, looked at stand-up, I think, was to take something semi-complex, semi-fragile, um, like something very volatile, yeah. and then break it down with ration and whittle it down in an analogy totally. that, that you that you couldn't disagree with. Yes. Like, I loved watching him do that. Yeah, and Burr is capable of that, yeah, too. B- Bill's amazing. Here's the thing I wonder, though. Like, and I, wa- I watch this. I've watched a lot of our specials, and I've watched a lot of people's second-hour specials, and I thought to myself, okay, what is your responsibility as a comic to have some sort of growth between specials? Or... Do you just write whatever you're good at writing, and then next time you do it, you just write that again? And then next time you do it, you just write that again? Right. Interesting. Like, like so take, for instance, uh, maybe – I mean, I don't want to use names because it's everyone I like. Like, But it's like – but uh, I'll, uh, Mitch is dead, so I guess you, he's a safe yeah, he's place. Safe. And everyone knows he's a genius. Yeah. But like, so so hypothetically saying Mitch is still lived, what, what responsibility is it of his as a comic to – grow his joke writing or is he simply good at that style of joke writing and he just keeps doing that until he dies right like like a tell like skanks for the memories is the perfect fucking album so then it, it, i mean if what do you say and i've heard stanhope say this a lot stanhope's always like i've written all the great jokes what what's left like yeah. i've written all my great jokes what do i have left what am i going to do the next where do i go yeah it's almost like the difference between 
a joke writing mechanism and drawing from your life. Because the first hour I thought was the easiest because it's like yeah. I had 23 years to pull from. And then when I was 26, I now have three years to pull from. So I either had to develop like a, a mechanism that made me write jokes that I could just pull out of the air, like, or I had to like join the Navy or some shit. Like I needed more life experience stat. You know what I mean? Join the like Navy. I had to, you know, because the, the one thing about being a comic <laughs> is, uh, I, I, you know this more than anybody, is like if you're on the road a lot, you, all these premises start being like planes, hotels, yeah. Meeting strangers. Dude, I had an agent, I had an agent, Andy Cohen, who was just he didn't mean to be like like not ball busty, but like he didn't mean to be totally deflating in the moments, but like he just would say things that were so true that just you were like, Well, I guess I should just quit. Like yeah. or should I get a job? Like he I remember one time I lost a bunch of weight and he goes, Oh, that's great. Can't wait to see you next hour. I said, What and he goes, What is it all about spin bikes? And I was like yeah. Oh, yeah. And in my head, I was like, "Yeah, I haven't really done much other than spin." That's hilarious. And he's like, "Yeah, this is gonna be a fantastic hour." Like, but he wasn't <laughs> being a dick. He was just like, "Like, yeah, that's great." I remember he said to Dane one time, "He goes, uh, hey man, no offense, no one wants to see you play Monopoly with your grandma." Like, <laughs> right? That's like, fucking hilarious. It, it was just like he just would cut to it. But but I look at like Burr's last hour. The black and white one. Yeah. So funny. I ran into someone yesterday. Oh, at the pizza place. I was talking to this guy and he said, oh, I didn't like that. And I went, ooh, watch it again. I think you're wrong. It's awesome. <laughs> he it's goes, so goes, goddamn really? good. I said, yeah, yeah. Watch it again. You're you're actually wrong. And he goes, really? I said, I promise, I promise you. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah. It is one of those things where you can be like, well, you're wrong then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was, but I was a little drunk. So I'd just gotten off a plane. I was getting a pizza for the girls. Yeah. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, I know you. You're a comedian. I said, yeah. And I said, some, like, who else do you like? I like Bill Burr. I didn't like his last special. I went, ooh, you're wrong. Yeah. It's like, I don't like hot baths. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, try it again. <laughs> like, no one in the world doesn't like a hot bath. Let me guess. <laughs> was it too hot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it not hot enough? It's one of the two. Because yeah. if it's perfect, it's fucking perfect. <laughs> but, like, what I loved about Burr, what he did on that, and this is the way I'm looking at. Um, so I just did an hour for Showtime, and I'm getting ready for a new hour. Nice. I'm doing another hour. And I was like, I already got the material, but only because I, I had more than enough material for the first hour. But then I was like, okay, hold on. That's too easy. Not, not, that, that's not that that's too easy, but I go, that's, I need to look at something challenge. How do I grow as an artist? How do I grow as a comic so that like what's something I could do to like go, what if I said, you know what I like is when people have conversations with inanimate objects. What if I take one of my jokes and turn it sideways and have it have a one side, have it be a one-sided conversation or like things that I like that people do, I just add to my, like, what if I want to be more physical in a bit? Like, I should really challenge myself and go, all right, in this last hour, I wasn't very physical. I didn't really do any characters. I didn't do this. Yeah. I should try to add that in. Is that my responsibility or do I just go, uh, I tell good stories. Just tell more good stories. You know? No, totally. I, I liked uh, the Jezelnik grew in his last one in the sense that he would tell a story about himself, which he yeah. never did. Never, and I love that about his special. Yeah. And now, adversely, cool. adversely, and I love Tasha's hour. But his recent hour, I loved it, but it was definitely, it was it was definitely in his comfort zone. Have you seen uh, Bo's new? I haven't seen it yet, but people like it. Really? Uh, no. Happy? Is it on? Bo no. Burnham just he just came out with one, but I have a feeling that one is going to be different than his past ones because the trailer was intense. Really? Yeah. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. It's <sighs> just like one of his lines was like, "If you can live 
without an audience watching you like do that. Like it's like, holy shit, you're young for this kind of profound fucking Jesus Christ. thoughts. But I, I'd check that dude out. He's a pretty uh he's a you know he got into the right business. That's the guy that was an internet star but deserved it. Yeah. You know, and he's like, nice as shit. That's the thing that I get lost on in a lot of these a lot of comics that I see and, and Fitzsimmons and I were talking about this recently, that it the the brand their brand is more important than the joke writing. Dude, I want to do a sketch about that uh, where it's, you know, a comic's like, well, I got the Snapchat and then I'm going to start this hashtag. This filter is really going to hit me in this. Demo. And someone's like, where are you, where's your joke pad? And they're like, what is that? Like, how do I, is that a new, like, <laughs> ooh, multi, should, is that multi-platform? Where's, where's your joke book? And then he just goes, ooh, I should sell joke books. <laughs> Good call. Merch. <laughs> Merch. Yeah. It's like, we can get that on the website. Yeah. yeah. We can go, will that go mobile devices? <laughs> You know, like, that's a good app, a joke book. That's hysterical. Yeah, because so many of these people, they're like branding experts, but not joke experts. And I, I won't name any names, but there's a lot of them out there where I'm watching these people and I'm like, you have this crazy fan base because you're, you should sell steel. You'll make more money. Yeah. Like, like you're good at marketing. You're not, you spend no time living any life or making fun of anything. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what you do mock is so, like, I, I respect I respect any comic that right out, out the gate goes talks about the Orlando shooters. Right. But, but then the ones we're talking about would never fucking talk about that. Right. But no. I would never talk about it because I'm not really good at that. I'm just too big and white. Every time I try to be edgy, people look at me like, you're six, seven and white. You want to pull it back a little? <laughs> like I, I try to do like I, I'm fairly good at writing edgy material and people you're really good at it. And people look at me, though, and they're like, can you give it to someone browner? <laughs> you know, because it's just I'm so aggressively big and white. That well, here's, like, okay, so here's the thing that I like the the ang not the angle. It's really early to be talking about the Orlando shooter, but the, what I, what is bothering me is that it, it seems like all the people with that want to talk about assault rifles say we need to ban them, but I don't. I've never heard like a really solid pl plan. Oh, there's no plan for that. So like it's it's because look, I don't really give a fuck. I don't have guns. I don't have an AR fifteen. I don't need an AR fifteen. Right. I don't I, I definitely don't want people walking around with AR fifteens. I do understand that in our country we are allowed that, right? And that they're there. So they're there. But like what are you gonna do? Tell my buddy you know Cowhead, Mike Calta? Yeah. Of are course. you gonna have Cowhead take his six AR fifteens and turn him in? Great. There's five that of from a guy that wasn't gonna kill a ton of people. Right. So, like, how do we get them out of the hands of well, the guys that want to do bad? There's a major communication problem between gun people and non-gun people. Yeah. Because they think that, that, that assault rifles are automatic. Like, machine guns are already illegal. Like, those are illegal. Yeah. You can't... <laughs> like, that's illegal. Like, what people think in their head is already... It's never been legal. Seriously? Never. <laughs> <laughs> illegal. And then the flip side... The, the the NRA people think that people want to take their guns, like law-abiding citizens' guns, and a lot of the the uh, the the anti-gun people just want background checks. For example, this dude was on an FBI wanted, like he can't fly in an airplane, but he can buy an assault rifle. So wait, That's how, the problem in my book. So we so this guy. He had been checked out by the FBI twice. When he went to buy a gun, where did he? How did he get it? He just bought. Like that's the. That, there's so much paranoia about don't take my guns that like no one would disagree that we shouldn't let that guy buy a gun. Anyone who thinks ISIS is making a lot of good calls yeah. shouldn't fucking be able to buy a gun. <laughs> and no one's going to take 
uh, Mike's AR-15. Like, that's not even on the plans for anybody. Yeah. Like, Obama actually did a good job talking about that after the shooting where he was like, he's like, nobody, like, no president has had more gun sales than me. He's like, I'm not trying to take your fucking guns. <laughs> it's like, yeah. if you're on an FBI wanted list, you shouldn't be able to buy a fucking gun. Like, if you have terrorist ties, you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. And nobody would disagree with that. The The biggest... Fucking hillbilly in Kentucky would be like, yeah, yeah, right on. So then, so then what's so? So the, if there's, there it seems like there's two sides. There's the people online that just go, there needs we need to get rid of all guns. That seems to well, be well. They're group. they're idiot. Like that that is so impossible. That's like an earthquake happening and being like, we have to get rid of the earth. It's yeah. like, no, that it's not going anywhere. We're a frontier nation. Good luck getting rid of the guns. Yeah, the, it's we never happened. It's never going to happen. No, and and by the way, nor should it. It's like there's a lot of places in this country that don't have the kind of infrastructure of cities. Like you can't just call nine one one in fucking Montana because a wolf is attacking your sheep. You got to shoot the wolf. Yeah. So it's like guns aren't the problem. It's this like crazy mental problem we have in this country and 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 the ability of like violent criminals to be able to buy guns that's the but i don't have any answers that's social media is giving everyone the sense of entitlement i'm a fucking comedian i'm not a lawmaker i'm not a governor i have no idea i haven't done the research to know what the best move is but like every asshole that's done an open mic is like the thing this country needs it's like, what the fuck do you know? Yeah. I don't know shit. I just, I oh. mean, I, I just think that anyone who is an I- ISIS sympathizer shouldn't be able to buy a gun. I do know that. I think I agree with that. Yeah. I think- Maybe an AR-13. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> what did, uh, uh, I, I, whenever I see guys posting anything ab- about uh, taking all your guns away, I immediately tag Mike Calta and I cowhead and I go, hey, buddy, what do you think? <laughs> Hilarious. And then he just goes, he texts me, he goes, why do you do this to me? And he's like, just they can't take my foghorn away from under the desk. <laughs> Did he, has he ever blown that on you? <sighs> that was one of my things. I told him he had to stop because it made me not enjoy the show. Oh, dude, I would have panic attacks. I'd have panic attacks sitting there waiting for him to not, like, I was like, I was just like, just, just, he's like, oh, here, I'll take it off. And then he just hit it anyway. You could never trust him. That's I'm going so on his funny. cruise this year. That's going to be a blast. Oh, I fucking... He's got. I mean, I was with him one time. We went to the gun range. And I think we shot AR-15s, and they just bought two guns. He was just like walking out and grabbed two guns. That's, I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" He was like, "Oh, I got one for my mom for Mother's Day." That's it's hilarious. Pink. Here's a metaphor for like the 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 NRA thinking that having to register guns would be the equivalent of thinking the DMV making you register your car is them taking your car. Yeah, like that's that's the paranoia level, and I'm not an anti-gun person, and I'm also not a fucking we should all have tanks guy. I just think that I think that this is the time when everyone's pissed from headlines. Like I've never seen people more people are more angry at Hillary and Trump than they were at presidents that made their children fight in wars and die. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? You're right. It's fucking crazy. What, what? So wait, what? What is the what is the answer then? What's, what, okay, here, now here's the question. Wait, Hydration, on. drinking Hydrate. tons of water. Here's the question. A lot of wax sessions. Because I, I I was dying. To, I was like, so it comes out that the shooter was gay, right? The shooter was gay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think most extreme homophobia comes from your desire to want cock in your mouth. Yeah. I, well, it's got. I mean, as soon as I heard the shot up a gay club, I was like, hold on, you're in Orlando. 
there's you didn't need to be that's not like the gay hub you had to go out of your way to find a place right it's i mean i've been i, I know florida really well i was in orlando when it happened are you serious yeah like there's a million you could have gone to the hard rock and just fucking leveled you could go to go Disney. to chelsea manhattan it's just everywhere you go everyone's super gay yeah like, like but he had to drive he was in fort pierce he had to drive like 100 miles to go find this gay club to shoot it up and they said that yeah he was that he had been there before which i don't which i don't that doesn't mean anything because clearly you're not going to go shoot up a place you've never been right you got you got to scout it once yeah you can't just like be like oh fuck i didn't know this was a did he blew push. he blew like nine dudes on a scouting mission <laughs> But then he said he had gay apps on his phone. Yeah, grinder and shit. Yeah, I bet, dude. That's what's so bad about home, like, like uh, institutional homophobia. Because I'm sure, imagine being this dude where you're gay and your religion, your culture, your family, everyone's like that makes you evil. So you're like, fuck, this feeling makes me evil. This feeling makes me evil, and you want to be gay so bad, and that all just turns to just ridiculous violence and. You see it all the time. It's like whatever you are that you suppress comes out with a fucking vengeance. Yeah. And that just seems like such a time bomb. Well, where- part of me wondered, part of me wondered if this was part of the conservative media trying, because like, you know, immediately everyone comes out and says it's LBGT, whatever, you know, and this, all these rights and. This is a hate crime, and this is not a terrorist act, and we got to stop guns. And then all of a sudden, it seems like all those NRA guys. Then I was like, I was wondering because I read this report, and it was so fucking loaded. And they're like, they asked his neighbor what he thought of him, and he was like, he was a great guy. He loved skipping. Like, and you're like, that's that's a, he liked he liked to work out. He liked GNC, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You should have seen him. He liked to dance. He used to curl <laughs> up next to his dad. Like, you're like, whoa, these are all fucking red flags. That, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, is this the conservative media trying to spin it? So it's like, as opposed to it being a hate crime, it's one of their own that did it to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just think people get lost in these terms to not just face the fact that the world's a scary place where it's like, was it an act of terror? Was it an act of homophobia? Is this uh should we stop the borders? It's like, this is just a, a guy that shot 50 people like that. That's just a terrible and sad thing. And life is fucking crazy. So it's like people can get so – it's almost like a defense mechanism to, to need a label and then fight someone else who has the other label. Where it's like, yeah. oh, you think it's terrorist? I think it's homophobia. Oh, you think it's homophobia? I think it's terrorism. Oh, you think – it's like, well, Trump will fix it. Well, Hillary will fix it. Trump will make it worse. Trump will make it better. It's like that whole line of thinking is just to not let yourself internalize pain and then just like – rebuild and and go through the process of being like wow that's terrible that these people are dead like what a crazy world how do i explain this to my kids yeah because immediately it turns into a fight it happens and it seems like no one sits there and says like like almost immediately gun guys go oh fuck you i know what you're gonna say they spin it with their agenda immediately and that made me sick i mean i remember like at twitter and facebook like all this shit Anything could happen, and they'll just blame their enemy, and then it'll reinforce their beliefs, no matter who you are. You know, like the the Hillary haters and the Trump haters, they both do exactly the same thing. I just think Hillary and Trump should just fuck and get it over with. God, yeah. They need it so bad. I mean, it's kind of like that shit. It's like they are they want to fuck each other so bad. <laughs> like, they're like Twitter wars and stuff. They're like just fucking whacking and rubbing the whole time. Oh, this, I had to follow. I had to unfollow some certain people because I felt like, and I think that this is the majority of society 
love fighting. They just because they're bored and fat and rich. Yeah, I mean, because everyone's talking about how people. I was reading this thing about the middle class drinking and everything, and it was like, yeah, well, we had our master's degrees and we have to get uh, used clothing for our children, and like we have to budget. I'm like. That's my childhood. I was happy. My parents yeah. are professors. Like, we fucking, what's so bad about that? And I'm not saying, I think that we now have, it's like, it's almost like the, the, the increase in autism is more just the difference in definition of autism. We're now like every weird kid is autistic. We're yeah. back in the day, it was just like, oh, don't fucking, don't put a stool around Wayne. He'll punch you in the dick. <laughs> you know, it's like, it just, he, he just had some weird fucked up thing. The spectrum's gotten so broad. Yeah. It's and like, I, if you're not a Banana Republic commercial, you're on the spectrum, basically. Like, oh, if you're yeah. not like whatever Starbucks commercial makes you want to think that a human is, like, I would for sure be on the spectrum as a kid. I played piano all day, did not talk, and fucking wore velour clothes. <laughs> like, that's my entire childhood. Yeah, that's, that sounds like it's on the spectrum. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't fucking speak. I just played Bach all day and just was weird. And I used to weave cloth. <laughs> really? Yeah, I would just, like, like knit. I liked repetition. I was scared of people. <laughs> like I, I think I remember someone di- uh, diagnosing me as um, having social anxiety disorder. And I was like, you're out of your mind. And then as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, I definitely got that shit. Totally. Like, I do not like – I don't like – like I don't, one of the things I don't like – like I'm supposed to go to the improv tonight. Yeah. And immediately I'm like, oh, I don't want to fucking go. Because I'm just going to be a bunch of people. I don't remember their names. And I'll be like, hey, what's up? Oh, it's so good to see you. Yeah. I'm like just praying Flip Schultz walks up. I'm like, Flip, how you doing? You know? <laughs> That's so true. Flip is the perfect guy to just say what's up to. Oh, he's so easy to talk to. Yeah. He really is easy as fuck to talk to. He's so easy to talk to. Yeah. I, there's so many people that have just come up. In that, and I'm like, I don't even know if they're agents. Or I don't know if they're managers. Or if they work there. Or if they're comics. Like, they just hang out there. Dude, how about when people say, what's new, and you start talking about a personal thing, and then their eyes glaze over because they wanted you to tell them about an entertainment thing? Yeah. And you're like, dude, I just had a baby. Like, you think I'm going to talk about fucking trying to get on a VH1 show? Like, who gives a shit? My my biggest problem is when people say, um, so what are you doing? What are you up to these days? And you just go, nothing, because I don't want to talk about, like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to, I don't want to brag, and I don't want to. Like, I don't want to fucking list off my resume, nothing. Yeah. Oh, really? You're not doing anything? And then you're like, well, don't fucking make it sound like that. Well, if you say it like that, yeah, no, now I'm crushing. Yeah, now I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the thing that drives me fucking nuts. <clears throat> and, then I, and then I end up getting drunk. I end up drink, Totally. I end up drinking too much because I'm uncomfortable. Yep. Fucking then... then I'm like that with drunk crowds. Like, if a crowd's drunk on stage, I'll be like, I got to get drunk or I'm just going to hate you people. <laughs> I'm like, I need a cultural Rosetta Stone right now. I got to get hammered so what you're saying makes sense to me. I was like that in Chicago this weekend on the Late Show Friday. That's awesome. Oh, I was like, I I don't know what it was, but like for early show Friday, I was like, it was a very mediocre show. It was my fault. It was just very like, like I, I was, I wasn't writing a bunch on stage and I, and I fucked up a couple jokes, like meaning I knew ones I wore, I fucked, I was too aggressive with them and so i had to do old material to get them back and i wasn't enthused about the old material and then i realized it was too late and i was like fuck i haven't told <laughs> this yet and then they started yelling out the machine and i was like i'm having fucking problems with that in my head that that i'm still telling this story that i can't get away from it that like Dude, everyone wants free bird man i know but like i then i go well i like at one point i said i go have you guys just been waiting for this one story and they're like yes tell it already 
And I go, so wait, is it a scenario where I just fucking, you allow me to do stand-up so that I tell this one story? So fun. It's almost like a, a hot chick being like, do you just want to fuck me? Like, you don't even want to talk to me? You don't me? want to hear about my views on politics? You just want to see these and they show the tits? And you're like, yeah. That's, that's it. Exactly Let me see those for. tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You want to hear my views on politics? <laughs> you're like, that's so fun. I can't picture you having a bad set, though. It's, I mean, like you're so likable and, and like I, uh, if things went south, I'd almost think it was funny. Like I'd be like, oh, it's uh, hilarious. Oh, the the Sunday show things went south immediately. What happened? This fucking dude. The host goes up and he goes, uh, he's like, um, we're like, there's a car club in the audience. I'm going to, I'm not going to say the same names because I don't want to offend anybody. Right. Because there's a car club in the audience. We go, well, you should go out and make a car club joke. We go out and go. Go, uh, sorry, I was late, guys. The show started a little late. I, uh, I T-bone this fucking beautiful car out there and just watch these guys. Yeah. And he goes like, no, 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 no. I, I'm not going to start like that. I'm not going to start like that. So instead, he just goes out and he goes, is anyone celebrating anything? And everyone starts yelling a person's name. He's like, oh, is it her birthday? And like, no, he's dead. And he's like, oh. Jesus. Uh, uh, how did he die? And then they told him, like, got shot last week and they were riding for him. And he's like, oh, okay. All right. So, so he does nine minutes to silence. Oh, my God. And then the feature goes up and and is getting silence for like five minutes. And then he just goes, okay, fuck this. You guys need to loosen the fuck up. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't start any of this. Yeah. And then he broke them off. And then they had a really good time. And then immediately the car club was like they were in control. Like they were shouting shit out during the show. And so I just let it happen. And it went really well. And then this Iraqi lady wanted to get on stage. She was really hot. She just gets up on stage. And then fucking another guy wants to get on stage. I just let it happen. I, I like those kinds. They just started fucking. Yeah, they just started fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, then, but the Orlando thing had just happened that night before. Whoa. And so I think everyone was like, is he going to talk about it? And then did you talk about it? No, because there was because they had lost someone from a shooting in Chicago. That's crazy. The guy man. that they were driving riding for, but it was fucking. And then one of the guys, and then I paid a compliment. I said, you know, toast to the guy's brother. I was like, you know, hey, I'm sorry for your loss. We did a shot at the end, and then one guy, one big guy, comes up to me. He goes, yo, man, mad respect. But I thought he said that's bad respect. Oh, and shit. I got, I was like, fuck, are you serious? And he goes, dude bad respect like like said it la- like more intensely i still thought he was saying bad and i go dude I, I was just doing like a toast he goes no 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 that's what i meant mad respect and i went oh that's hilarious mad respect i was like oh thank god so wait you were in orlando last week yeah i just had one gig on saturday so then i was flying out sunday morning no it was a corp uh corporate gig and it was fun and then the next morning every it was just so weird like people were just silent and it's it was fucking nuts why don't these shooters think of like I mean, it, it's almost like they do it, ISIS does it, and they know immediate. Like, do they think that they, if they shot up a gay club that the half of America would be like, well, like... I just, I, I, I just, it's just so fucking bizarre. I don't even know where to put it. Like, what, because the dude was American, though. He wasn't an Afghan. He was, like, ethnically Afghani, but he was born and raised in America, though, right? Well, yeah. How the fuck does that happen? I mean, you, you realize that's never been on my... Ever in my thought process, I've I've had a lot of really sad things happen to me, 
And I've, I've had a lot of like bouts with trying to figure out how do I deal with this. Never yeah. once did I think buy an assault rifle and shoot strangers. Never once. Never once. Like, never, ever. Yeah. I felt like I've been marginalized and I'd want to stand up for my people at times. And I've never once thought, oh, assault rifle is the answer. What do you think pushes people to that point? Like, how does that? I have no fucking clue. I mean, I don't. Has anyone interviewed this kid from the Chicago, the, the, that shot up the Aurora? Cause that kid, like, you look at him and you go, you have to know you fucked up. Like, you got, have to know that, fuck, man, that was a really bad call. I, 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 do you think there's just some brain problems where they don't have a sense of reality? Because sometimes I'll watch these like sci-fi movies or like dramas or something, and, and people in their head think that the world isn't real. It's almost like the ultimate form of narcissism, where it's just like for it's almost like a video game. Is that possible? Well, the, I, I think narcissism plays into it. Do you I, think our c- culture is getting more narcissistic? Oh my god, it's getting dude. crazy, right? I know, I know, two textbook narcissists like d- up and down. That my therapist are like, no, 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 that's narcissistic behavior. There's a book called, uh, some my wife, my wife read the book, something about looking in the mirror or something. It's about narcissism, and it's they just believe the rules don't apply to them. They don't, and they can rationalize that the rules don't apply to them, and they don't have regret or remorse. They do things, and then they go, well, that's not me. I no, no, it's no, the no, gold, no. Yeah, it's like the gold star generation grew up, where it's like everybody's like, you're special and perfect, and. And then they grew up and they're like, yeah, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. There's more. The millennials these days are like that in this like rules don't apply to them type thing. Like I was, I was watching or not, not rules don't apply to them. That's a, that's an inaccurate statement probably. But whereas like every, they should get everything for free. Yeah. Whereas entitlement kids, and just yeah. total entitlement. Like they think eye that. contact is an act of aggression and they have a right to like ruin someone's career. Yeah. Like if you just do say the wrong thing or like the trigger warning thing is insane. Like for anyone who actually knows war vets or people that have been through crazy, like they have PTSD, you're like people taking this trigger warning thing and making it because they have problems. So you can't say a word or they get fucking freak out. Okay. Like that's so disrespectful to actual victims. Yeah. It's just like. Oh. The actual victims. Yeah. To someone who's seen their friends mowed down by a gun they would have a trigger warning. Like trigger warning started as a good thing. Most horrible things started good and then yeah. became fucking insane. Like trigger warning would be like, yeah, can you? Like if I see a gun, I'm gonna start shaking. You know, I know vets like that. Like people that have seen so much violence that if they see a certain thing or a loud noise, like they'll start shaking physically. Yeah. And it's like, but now every goddamn kid in college at Yale and shit has trigger warnings. Where it's like, if you say retard, I'm gonna start puking on my Dylan Dick. You're like, you're a fucking, why? Well, yeah. It's like, because my cousin's friend was a retard. And you're like, but you just said it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, for the, the, the word retarded, it is a word already. That's another problem I have with it. It's like that yeah. word existed and has nothing to do with Down syndrome. It means underdeveloped. Yeah. And people will just fucking hijack the word and be like, it's not an okay word. It's like, my plan is retarded. It's underdeveloped. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with Down syndrome. Like you're the one making that fucking jump. Yeah. That, I think, I think th- like Rogan one time said to me that, and I don't know if, this is I don't know. He just said it to me, so I, all I know is that I had the conversation with him, and we said yeah. it on a podcast. But the word "faggot" had nothing to do. It, oh it, no, it meant a burden. Yeah, a burden. Yeah, woman. a bundle of stick. It, it used to mean an old woman. It, it meant anything that like 
it, it, it's been a slang for like eight different groups. Like yeah. an old woman was a faggot because it'd be like, oh, this faggot, um, <laughs> you know, she eats all the food and doesn't really do anything, faggot. And then faggot became uh, a homosexual because they wouldn't give you children. So it's like, oh, these, this faggot, he just eats and doesn't give me kids. Really? It had nothing to do. A faggot meant a burden, a burdensome person. So like, really? yeah, like it was, it, it almost started as a joke. Like, cause it, it was a bundle of sticks that you would put on your back and would kind of wear you down. Where yeah. you're like, oh, this faggot's heavy. <laughs> and it would just be because you needed firewood. I, I, you know what, man? I, I wish that I could take this as a bit, but like the word has been out of, I, you haven't heard it for like a solid like two years. A lot of people have stopped saying it. It's it's gonna make a comeback. It's it's been aged like a fine wine because like even because it's it's gonna that, st- it's gonna start not being associated with gay people again. Yeah, and then it's gonna come back. It's gonna come back. It's gonna like uh you know you can just call someone who says a lot that they have trigger warnings is a faggot <laughs> because it's like you're a burden to the crew. Yeah. Because like now, you know, we're not an agrarian society, so we don't need everyone to have kids. So gay people aren't burdens in our society now. Yeah. Like if you if you needed like 10 kids to make sure that the shit was plowed, I can see homophobia, not homophobia, but like not liking like you'd have a gay kid and be like, this fucking kid isn't going to give me any more workers because yeah. he fucks dudes and you don't make a kid from dude, dude, fuck. But as soon as we got off the farms, there's literally no reason to think that way. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's kind of like um, gay people actually are probably more useful to society than ever in history. Totally. Because they are simply – their footprint is very small and they're adding so much to charities and to fucking special interest groups and like – Totally. Because now that I have a baby, I can see – you know, I got a little faggot at home. <laughs> Because he's a bund- he's a burden. Yeah. yeah. No, I love him, but it's just kind of like I spend so much time dealing with like why he's crying or like feeding him and shit that like it's changing his shit. Yeah. Gay dudes don't have that. They can just be like, "How do we solve the world's problems? How do we make a beautiful painting?" Uh, yeah. There's, there. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the truth. Is like gay dudes, gay men, and gay women are literally. I, I don't know. I mean, I I, I was gonna say the most selfless because they give out so much to society. But then, I mean, I know a couple of gay dudes that are super selfish. Yeah. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't like just do a broad stroke. You can't do a broad stroke about anybody anymore. No. It was so much easier in the seventies. <laughs> oh, dude, you could, you, you were, you were painting with a house paint, uh, paint brush. Yeah, just a roller. <laughs> yeah. Just rolling it. Let me tell you about yeah. blacks. Honk, honk. <laughs> blacks love weed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> And now it's like so fine, you know, because there's so many subcategories of people. Yeah, and and but but it is kind of true. Is like is like at all uh, like have you ever gone hiking with your kid? Oh, he's only twelve weeks old. Oh, he's twelve weeks. Yeah, you just little, had him, little Walter. Yeah. Oh, dude, congrats! Thanks, man. How holy? You're like in the thick of it. I'm right in the now. thick of it. Yeah, he's he's still a milk zombie. He's still just he's hilarious. Oh, they're fucking so great. They're the best. Literally, it's like I, I'm I'm doing a bit about him now that I look up to him like he's now my role model because he he demands what he wants all the time. Like I used to think he was crying, but those are demands. He's like, "Woman," you know, in the middle of the night, <laughs> yeah. he's like, "I need your tit now." You know, <laughs> give me your tit in my fucking mouth. And my wife's like, "Oh, is this what you need?" And he's like, "Yeah, give it to me." And I'm just like, 
you don't do that when I do that. Oh, and she's dude. like, because you don't need it as bad. I'm like, I need it just as bad as that little fucking faggot. <laughs> I, I, need the, I need it worse. Yeah. What is... Dude, calling a baby a faggot's hilarious. <laughs> it, it's a burden. It, a burden. Dude, all I know is I went hiking one time. I had Isla in my backpack. Yeah. My backpack. And I had George in a stroller. And uh, these... And I was I was hiking Runyon, and I was like, I'm going to get to the top. Yeah, I'm going to do this with the, both the girls. And then all of a sudden, I saw these two gay dudes just smoke past, <laughs> and it was such an analogy for how I looked at life. I was like, these guys, fucking two dudes, one house, double income, fucking Thanks, double income, no kid, fucking great bodies. All their whole life is set up to just let's fucking. Let's make sure we do everything we want to do. Let's and just here do I this. Am just carrying these fucking burdens. I used to do a bit. Uh, gay people are called gay because they're so happy they get to fuck the gender they understand. Ain't you know, they're like, sense. you like working out, making money, and blowjobs? Yeah, let's do this thing. I love how we, the straight guys, whittle down homosexuality to just like what we'd want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so like football blowjobs and yeah, just fucking yeah. sit around and eat pizza. Totally. <laughs> I, I said that like one time, one of my gay buddies is like, that's a bit of a generalization. I was like, how often do you go to the gym? He's like, every day. I'm like, how often do you get blowjobs? He's like, every day. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, fact, you love working out. Jay Moore does a bit about why gay dudes are always at gyms because they shower with, with the gender they want to fuck. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, where they go, uh, I've, I've heard him do it before about him getting in the gym and guys come in and the guy's like, are you going to... You want to go back out and work tries? And he's like, I'll do tries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. Fuck yeah. It's just your arms are all fucking exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I haven't figured out lesbians yet. I think they. I lived with lesbians for a while. I lived with two lesbians in New York. They're almost more into like knickknacks and Subarus and just like hanging out. Because I don't think they're like constantly chowing each other's boxes and going to gyms. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't, you know, I don't think. Well, they're. I think. I mean, the again, I'm using thing, the roller right now. I'm using the roller brush. We're using the roller. But the, the, I think the sex stereotype for gay men it probably applies more to single gay men than to committed gay men. Yeah. I, bet, I bet there's I – mean, I, I, I can't imagine. All I know is my sexual drive is much more than that of my wife. Like my wife could easily go without a, a month without sex and be like, you know, it's not everything it is for me. It's not a release. It's just – so like I would imagine there has to be, I guess, gay relationships – where two dudes don't fuck all the time, but I couldn't imagine that. If I was in a relationship with another dude and I knew that he won, I'd, I'd be like, no, we're fucking. Yeah, or, we're fucking. Yeah. Like, or you're or at least going to watch me jerk. <laughs> watch me. <laughs> Just watch me jerk. <laughs> but like, I think women is probably more, I want to call, I want to see, I wonder if I have a, my friend, one of my really good friends is gay. I wonder if, exponential if like what what the stats are on that like if women have gay women have less sex than gay men statistically as much as women don't want to have sex you know what i mean yeah because they, they they have like uh cycles throughout their month with progesterone and estrogen that changes their sex drives and men just have one 70 year cycle <laughs> yeah you know it just it, there's a hard up at 13 to 20 and then it's like up there for a while and then it just kind of slowly drops down women are like 28 days it's a roller coaster it's magic mountain you know what you know what i was blown away by by the way there's very few people that i know that i that i can have these conversations with like i'm being dead serious when i say that because i enjoy your perspective i don't think your perspective is fearful you know like you talk you just speak from i think we're both kind of like uh economists in that sense yeah you know 
I don't think we we don't you don't mean hate to anybody. Never that you're just trying to look at it objectively from the outside looking in. Yeah, my the motto I've been trying to do is uh, I may be wrong, but I'm not lying. <laughs> You know, like yeah. later I may be like, oh, I was wrong about that. I learned more things. But at the time, I'm never lying to you. That's what I said. I said on stage. I've said it on stage a couple times when I take I've said some aggressive jokes lately. And I say to them, hey, if you didn't like something I said, just come talk to me and tell me what you didn't like. Right. It changed my mind because I'm going to be getting up on stage uh, next week again. And if I'm saying something stupid, I don't know it's stupid. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to get a laugh. It's so hard to stand on stage and look th- almost through this veil of darkness and figure out what is getting a laugh and why it's getting a laugh. You just sometimes you're like, well, fuck, it worked. I, I got did, it. I did this thing called 60 Minutes, Seven Days, where I wrote an hour in a week and yeah. I, I taped all of it and I made a documentary because I like showing bombs and like the vulnerability of it. Yeah. And uh, like, for example, I did this bit about Halloween, you know how costumes now offend people. Like I wore a sombrero and someone was offended. And I was like, how far does it go? Like, does it, if you dress like a werewolf, does that offend Armenians? And um, it'll get a laugh and then half not. And then my wife pointed out that women got offended because they're like, most women have to whack some kind of shit. And I was like, I didn't even fucking think of that. Like I never oh, even yeah. had the perspective that a woman would think, like a female Armenian would think that I was making fun of them for being hairy. Like in my mind... That, like, I not only am envious of body hair, like, I've been made fun of for not having enough hair. Like, in my mind, it's not a diss on a hairy person, and it's only men. So then I said Armenian men got more of a laugh, and then I just ended up bailing on it because I didn't need it. Because the joke became about, I just got to, uh, you'll appreciate this, because this is one of those, like, no hate things where it sounds fucked up, but when you think about it, no one's offended. offended. Yeah. So I did this long bit about someone asked me to go on a... Um, a walk for skin cancer. And so I trained, I got a Fitbit. I'm like, I forgot it was on. I masturbated. I got some great stats. It takes me 1.2 miles to come, you know, all this shit. And then, and then I'm wearing a sombrero and the same guy is like, that's offensive to Mexicans. And I'm like, why? He's like, that's their hat, not yours, white man. And I'm like, you know how much more offensive it is to say that's their hat? Yeah. Like that's, so then I started thinking if anyone needs a sombrero, it's white people. Cause the sun is not our amigo. We need shade. We got to get away from that thing. And I'm like, in the way the world works, because apparently God is a comedian, the whitest people wear the smallest hats. Jews. Yarmulkes have no brim whatsoever. So I propose Mexicans and Jews switch hats, and that's how we fucking cure skin cancer. Not you little walk in the park, you know? Yeah. And, and people want to react like, Jew, Mexican, you know, but and it's only about shade. It's yeah. about keeping sun out of has your... No, yeah. has nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with race, nothing to do with anything. And it literally has to do, and then I'll tag it with like a skin cancer walk. It's like, that's how you get skin cancer, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I can't remember what I was, oh yeah, that's why I bailed on the werewolf thing because I no longer need it for the sombrero bit. But like, that's a perfect example of like, if I offended you, I didn't even know, I, I'm, I'm so one-sided in my life that I would never even think about women waxing hairy shit. Yeah. Like my wife's like, well, I'm half Mexican. So, you know, I, I have to wax my like upper fucking lip a little bit. I'm like, what's wrong? That's fine. That's great. I'm not mocking that. Yeah. And so I was like, so that's why I bailed on it. Yeah. It's funny. You'll, you'll have no intention on a joke that then all of a sudden they'll pro- totally perceive it. I was, there's a, a bit I have. It's about these factoids in LAX. The, the joke itself, I think is me- 
the one part it's it's I read three factoids with a black dude. Me yeah. and a black dude are walking through. You ever walk from Terminal Six to Terminal Four through the, through the, the tunnel? tunnel? Yeah. You ever read the factoids on the walls? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, black dude, we're walking. First, th- this is exactly what they say. The first factoid is: Dutch people are the tallest people in the world. Dutch men are over six feet. Dutch women are over five seven. Right. And the black dude just looks at me and he goes, "And hot too." And I. St- and so now we're having like a little yeah. Interaction. Yeah. The next one, and this is where I, I-, I forget what it <laughs> says really, but it says basically the the tube in London was the first subway system. But what I was saying, and I didn't realize I was saying it, but I said it was the first underground railroad system which crowds would groan at because they thought i was making a joke about harriet tubman <laughs> and i was like are you fucking kidding me guys Jesus. like i'm like i'm just trying to get to the next factoid by the way this is the joke the next fact because i said to the guy when he said when we saw that i went um i go that was before computers what i was trying <laughs> to say was like can you believe they did that before computers Hilarious. all i said was those before computers and then the next one and this is the joke is the average annual rainfall in phoenix is eight inches and i looked at the black guy I go that may not seem like a lot to you hilarious but to me and then the black guy didn't appreciate it he just goes no no that's i mean how do they sustain you know and i was like <laughs> no i just did a black dick joke and i didn't say black dick like, right, in right, the right. airport like that's fucking funny dude but uh but yeah but I said underground railroad system, and immediately, and I thought, thought to myself, how fucking uptight and white do you have to be that that you have Harriet Tubman on the top of your head? Like the Harriet Tubman, is- it, it comes from uh, guilt. I think it comes from them being racist. They like, must, like in really their mind, not- they're like, oh no, I have to outwardly. It's kind of like. That shooter is an extreme example of someone who is gay who externalizes their rage. Um, I think that anyone who gets offended by a good-hearted person doing a joke and a reference that there's no victim of, there's no like negative thing you're saying, is a racist because they're like, don't say that because in my mind I'm hateful and like when I think that it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> you and know, because you're just like, what? Is, all it takes is one fucking flame to start the riot all it takes is one person going ooh, and then everyone else has to do that because if they don't knows. ooh, because we're still monkeys so it's like if you don't ooh, it means that you agree with it so it's like you have to ooh to show that you're not racist at that point it's fucking terrible it's terrible they literally they groan and i went wait i was like why are they groaning and i was like is it lo- is it subways like and why did we get like this like were we it didn't used to fucking be like this. Yeah. Like, have we been trained to be offended all the time? Like, what makes it? And and what is it about that? Like, that when people go see Don, Don Rickles, they love it. Like, Don Rickles is... I mean, have you ever seen that documentary, Mr. One? Or Mr. No. Wonder? Is it good? Dude, he says shit that I promise you, you've not heard. Like, that's the one thing. Like, he, there's a, uh, a Asian guy in the front row, and he goes... Seven years in the jungle looking for your father. Seven years. <laughs> like just, he is he is f- next level offensive. I remember watching him on Letterman when I first started stand up, and he said something, and he, I mean I don't I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something to the effect of um, of uh, I love being in New York. A lot of Puerto Ricans. Watch out, Dave. They got the knives. Yeah, like, and you're yeah. just like whoa. Like what? Where's the joke? It's almost like the crowd has to consent to it because it's him. Yeah, it's almost like like saying the phrase "I was offended by Don Rickles" out loud makes you sound like a fucking idiot because it's like, oh, I was bitten by a bear. Like no shit, it's a bear. Yeah, 
you know? It's, it's like, like if you go into a Don Rickles show, you, you know that that's what he does. He says crazy shit. So if you get offended, you're the dickhead. I can't stand these male uh, social justice Oh, warriors. hate. Hate them. I fucking hate them. The guys who that are apologize like, for men and stuff. Oh, fuck. Oh, my. They're fucking terrible. I find that. I, 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 almost, I was trying to work a bit about this, but I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm, I have nothing. I, you just write, I guess, what you're going through. But like, like I don't know if I've ever trusted some, anyone who turns on their own. Yeah. Like someone who turns like, like – And by the way, more than they should. I, it's one thing if you're like, yeah, men do some fucked up shit. Yeah. But when you – because we can all agree to that. 100%. But when you're like men are bad, it's like that's not even true. It's yeah. like, and especially as a man. Now, if you're a woman saying that, I got gotcha. right. you. Right. And if you're a black man saying, I don't trust white men, totally. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. If you're a black man saying, I don't trust black men, I don't trust you. Right. Like, I go, I, I don't trust women who go, no, no, no. Our place is in the kitchen. I go, no, 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 no. Your place is to fight us. Right. Like, your place is to stand up for your own. Like, yeah. I don't get people who don't support their own to an extent. Like, I understand being empathetic to everyone's struggle and and seeing all sides of the case. Yes, like, but like, like when when OJ got off and all black people cheered, I got that. Right, like I don't understand people who don't don't understand. Yeah, that, yeah, you know? yeah. it was like, still a win. Yeah, it was still a W. <laughs> yeah, it's still. A w. It's kind of like when your team clearly fouled and they and they the ref let it go. Yes. It's like you're never like, well, come on. It's like no, take the fucking basket. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you just take the win. Yeah, I don't know. That's why they called it. That's what can I say, dude? I can't. There was this one woman who tweeted this thing. I will never do like aggressive tweets at people because I know everyone has their own battles and shit. Except for Pierce Morgan, I fucking hate that guy. But um, <laughs> I fucking Pierce just Morgan I, I rip I rip into Pierce Morgan. I just can't stand what he tweets. He's such a little dickhead. What does he tweet? Like he'll just he'll like for example this like someone disagreed with him on something and he was like. Uh, well, you're 5'7", and I'm 6'1". Pierce Morgan said that. So I wrote, I'm 6'7". I was 6'1 in middle school, you little bitch. <laughs> like, I'll do that shit to him because he's a fucking bully. Really? Oh, I, yeah. Fuck him. I don't know anything about Pierce Morgan. I just know him from Twitter. I just Shut I can't stand up. him. But um, so this woman started this like this whole movement about how it's not all men, but it's enough men where she's like saying that they're bad pretty much. She's like, you know, I had this happen to me and this happened to me and people are getting all on board. And I remember there's this one tweet that she said, and it got thousands of retweets, you know, it's this big feminist thing. And it said something like, it's not all men, but it's enough to make it so we shouldn't trust them or blah, blah, blah. I wrote, if you change men to Muslim, that's a word for word Trump rhetoric. Yeah. And... It iced her because no one, I mean, some people, and then I didn't respond to anyone else. And I was, because it's like, just let it sit there. It's like, because you know, she's not for Trump. You know that that was a shot at her. So it's like, and it's just true. Like what he's saying that everyone is freaking out about, which I don't agree with either of them. I don't agree with Trump's stance on, on Muslims. And I don't agree with her stance on men. It's like if you say that there's a few bad apples and it ruined for everybody, it's like just admit that you agree with each other. That if you think all men are fucking rapists because you had some guy grab your ass in a subway, like you're an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't demonize an entire group of people based on a few things they did. And I just watched these men be like, you are everything wrong with men. And I was like, 
in my head, I'm like, oh, and by the way, you're welcome for all the wars, the highways, like <laughs> all the shit that men do for you. Yeah. And this is how you're going to fucking. You're, you're, it's, it's people. It's people who, you know what it is, is like that per, that woman and Trump probably have more in common. Oh, 100 percent. Than me and Trump. And people would assume me and Trump have a lot in common. Because they're racist and sexist. They look at us. They're like, oh, those are white men. They probably agree with a white man. It's like. People can't get past – it's just like your catcalling joke. They can't Malcolm Gladwell that shit and get to the ideals of people or the social economics of people. I defend Trump's supporters. I don't defend Trump. I think he's a fucking jackass. But I understand people who support Trump because I think there's a lot of poor white people that don't have a voice in the world and they just want to see the bitch burn down. And, and so I get that. I'm not I'm not one of those people that thinks if you like Trump, you're an idiot. That's condescending and fucking stupid because I know people that are like, all they want to do is go to church, shoot guns and tell jokes. And in the last 10 years, all three things have been taken away from them where it's like, if you go to church, you're stupid. If you shoot guns, you're a coward and don't say faggot, you know. <laughs> and so these people are like, I just want to vote for anyone that isn't what took my fun shit away. <laughs> uh, dude, Ari Shafir said it on stage the other day, said something about. I'm voting for him. Uh, like he goes, I'm going to vote for him. He goes, I, I'm, I think we're set up for an, an apocalypse and I want the person least capable to be in charge of it. Hilarious. <laughs> I think that was his joke. Ari's, but the fucking, the truth is, is that man, those people take absolutes and go like, go all men are horrible. All men are rapists. And you go, no, 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 no. What you should look at is going, Hey, boy culture has has been overlooked in 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 the learning process about sexual assault everyone has has gotten women aware of sexual assault but no one's really spoken to the boys right the boys there's a book that a harvard i think professor wrote called uh called i it fucking i wish i was smarter i could tell you but it's about the fact that everyone's done so much to um put women up to the on the neck to the next level to get women to where their rights are are across the board equal to men that everyone has forgotten about little boys and like and like just how fucking uncomplex a little boy's mind can be right and how primal it is and and i, I had a long talk with the, a uh, a woman we were going to try to do this organization to go out and speak to young boys because that's where that's where you can do some real change and the thing is Look, not all men are rapists, but all men, all men, I'm not all men, not all men, but majority of men at Mardi Gras when they see tits cheer. Yeah. Okay. That's where we started at because whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, is, all men are pigs, but yeah. that doesn't mean you want to violate a woman's fucking body. All but men, we're pigs. I mean, all yeah, men all will men cheer are pigs. for her to show her yeah. tits. Yeah. Yeah. Or not all men. I'm sure Jamie Kilstein would probably not cheer for anyone to show their tits. I don't know, Jamie Kilstein. He's a very funny guy, but he's, uh, he is definitely a social justice warrior. Um, very nice guy, very sweet guy. Um, but like hardcore, like if don't Google him, just fucking. But, but do a lot of these people have they ever fucked? Like women don't want that in the bedroom. Don't they don't know. want a guy that's like, is it okay if I? They literally want like not don't see that when I say things like this, I got to really watch myself because then a really stupid man would be like, oh, they want to just get plowed. It's yeah, like you no. got to choke a bitch. And you're no, like, no, it's like that's not it. In a respectful manner, maintain your gender. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Where it's like, don't cross any boundaries, don't do anything non-consensual, but like, don't be a blob. Like, don't just be like, instead of 
fucking let's just talk about the rights of children in Uganda. You know, it's yeah. like that's not sex. And it's just like, what the, my wife's a fucking engineer. It's not like I, I get those like very, you know, um, motivated ty- My mom's a professor, you know, all the women in my life are very strong, quote unquote. And they're also women. They still like, you know, to feel safe and fucking you won't sweat, drink yeah. beers, fucking go running, you know, like shit that just dudes do. Yeah. And I, there, there is something about like. I think ma- maintaining your gender is like be you got to do it because it doesn't help anyone. If you just start not being a man, then it's like everything goes to shit. I do a bit about why like men are pigs and um, and women have to just start accepting that because uh, women are pigs, too. It's just for a smaller amount of people <laughs> like <laughs> like women will like a guy like Justin Timberlake and, and be shameless about it and make us buy tickets so that we can watch her watch him. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, he's so hot! And then she'll fuck us as a consolation prize because she got so horny watching the guy she really wants to fuck, and we're fine with that. Yeah. And then, then I'm the pig because I want to fuck Best Buy, like the whole place. <laughs> and uh, and so I do a song called "How It Feels for Us," I and fuck women Best Buy. Yeah, and women lo- like it because it it shows them that it's not a threat to them. Like when we just like look at asses, yeah. it's called how it feels for us. And it's, it's like, Hey ladies, you know that feeling when you see a bag at the mall and you want it, even though you already have one, you have five at home, you're holding one in your hand when you're at the shoe store and you're like, I like those shoes. And I'm like, you're fucking wearing the same shoes. Uh, and you're like, I know, but I also want to know what it, what it's like to be inside of those two. That's how we feel about pussy. And it's like, but it's very melodic. And then it closes with Canon and D yeah. and it's like, basically it's just like fruit in the jungle. Like, look at that one. Oh, that girl's wearing white jeans. No way. But like when, <laughs> but like when women gawk at a guy, it's usually because the guy's better than you. And that's why yeah. they get so offended when it's like they'll gawk at like, oh, you know, yeah, some yeah, powerful. Yeah, my, wife, yeah, my wife doesn't look at fucking fives. Right. Like, exactly. They're not just, they're like they're not looking at the front bump of a homeless guy. Like they're yeah. not like, oh, there's a dick in those pants. <laughs> you know, it, it's like they'll, they'll fantasize about like the. The dude, the Dothraki guy from season one of Game of Thrones. Like, my wife was like, she like shuddered one scene, was like, oh, because he's this huge dude who fucking protects his woman and pounds yeah. on her, but is sensitive. And I'm like, I get that. That guy's better than me. He can yeah. ride a horse without a saddle and fucking kill a whole village. I get that. But like, when God, so when guys look at chicks, women are like threatened, and you're like, no, she just has a pulse. Like my, it's just like, there are a lot, that's another part of the bit. It's like, do you want her more than me? I'm like, no, I'd way rather have you. It's like, but would you fuck her if I let you? It's like, yeah. And she's like, why? I'm like, cause she's alive. And that's like, oh, did I say something wrong? I hate myself. I'm so sorry. And, uh, that's, that's all I'm talking about. And it's like, men just follow other alphas where it's like the best thing for homophobia in the inner city was to show the wire. Because Omar was a out of the closet homosexual who was a bad motherfucker, and it made black dudes in inner cities be like, "Oh, gay people can be bad motherfuckers," and yeah. then that's it. That did more for, than any after school fucking special, just to see Omar on the wire suck a dick and then shoot a dude in the head, and dudes were just like, "Oh, gay people aren't so bad." <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah, it's like, it's not like you must love gay people. It's like, no, show us a gay person. That shares the same culture as us, and we'll fucking accept them immediately. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's like. I, I wonder why it's been so hard for anyone in the NFL to come out. I don't know. I mean, it I, seems like it sh- should have happened by now. 
it, yeah, because there's a lot of gay dudes in the NFL. I don't know if it's all. There's the, gotta be. Yeah, because I mean, if be. you're gay, I mean, how great would that be? I mean, look, and this is a perspective of the way we look at being gay. Like, the way I look at being gay is just fucking Mardi Gras. Oh, like, totally. I'd make a tackle, my dick would move. I'd fucking. Like, that'd be incredible. Because I, I imagine, for me, that's the equivalent of me being allowed to play in, like, the lingerie bowl. Right. <laughs> Dude, I would be lighting bitches up. I'd be spending extra time in the gym getting ready for the lingerie bowl. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why women have a lot easier. I wonder if we could get a team together to be on the lingerie bowl. And but it's just you. I but was... imagine, but but being gay is a whole different factor because it's everyone. Then it's almost like because you'd be the only dude. So then there may be some weird shit going on with chicks and competition. Imagine if everyone wanted to fuck each other and you're playing football. Like that would be crazy. Oh. Like that I mean, would. I I did this thing in a, like a mud wrestling thing with this girl one time. Yeah, and we were in. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to be too telling because you could find this online, but like. We were very close to naked in this right. thing. And I look, I'm very faithful to my wife, but like just her muddy leg happened to rub up against my muddy junk. And it was like all the, it literally instantaneously, I went primal. Like, I want to fuck. Yeah, like yeah, my yeah. brain was like, and I, and it, she was hot as shit. And, but it was so crazy that like if, if I played in the lingerie bowl and I, fucking got sweaty and my fucking uh, pile up and you're just fucking grinding and sliding i'd be like oh fuck yeah and that's what i'd imagine it would be like for a gay dude in the nfl just fucking loving it it's like uh derek jeter's female masseuse it's like that chick even if she's married she's rubbing down a basically a billionaire star athlete who's super nice like they're gonna have some they're gonna there's gonna be some primal thing where the dudes you know, he gets her something for her birthday because she's such a good masseuse and it's like the perfect gift, like these like diamond earrings, but it's like mean something to her. Like even if that chick is in love with her husband, she's still gonna have like a little quit quit tremble and just be like, Oh, no way. Yeah. But it's it's gotta be just a much better man than her man. That's that's the difference between men and women. I got a massage from a girl from a young lady or not young lady, she's a woman, uh in omaha yeah uh it's and i've had it from her twice and both times the best massage i've ever gotten and i told her the same thing both times i said i think i'm just gonna get massages from black women because black women look at me and are kind of disgusted right they're not they don't like she this woman was not like oh fuck yeah this is what i'm into right and it was almost like she was massaging me to get me away from her like like fuck yeah so she was doing there was no like treating it for her she was just like oh yeah she wasn't seeking your approval and it was the best massage i've ever had i was like was it was it because she could commit so much to the massage or because you kind of like that feeling of someone being disgusted i have no idea but at both times it was the best massage but i got the feelings from her finger like this was work and there there is nothing i'm not taking my time on any extra parts like i'm just fucking putting in work and yeah both times the best massage and i said the same thing you respected the times. honesty of it yeah it was like it's like fucking you're clocked in right now you don't want anything besides what's happening right now because this is your job yeah that's oh, fucking awesome it was a great massage but then I've had them from like I've had them from like hippie chicks, like young hippie chicks. And in my head, I'm like, uh, like 
I've, I've had them from like middle aged hippie chicks too, and I was always like, well, I, don't know, I don't know. They're what? they're getting too into this. Well, because they're like trying to connect too much. Like, I don't know. Maybe like they th- like there is a, a a dialogue we could have, but like this black chick, there was no fucking dialogue. Yeah, there's there there was never. She knew and I knew there was never the opportunity that anyone was going to be like, you want to roll over and we'll, uh, like, that was not going to happen. Yeah. So it was a work. It was fucking, but like, you've had them before where you get a massage and you're like, I hope they don't think I'm going to ask for a hand job. And if they offer one, that will make me uncomfortable. So there's this weird kind of like energy in the room. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Like, like everyone's a little nervous of something that something could happen versus with the black chick. You know, there's lines drawn in the sand. Oh, like yeah, like where it's I, like, bitch, you will not get a hand job, and you're like, I know better than to ask for a hand job. <laughs> and so, in that moment, it's kind of like um, people. I've been told they're like, oh, women love married guys, and I don't think it's that they love married guys. I think that if there's barriers, like when, people can be more themselves because they're like, oh, we're never gonna fuck. The dude's married, so I can just be myself. And then in that interaction. It, they can there's more of a bond i think yeah i feel like i feel like i enjoy uh women more now that i'm married like i i can be more i have more fun at a bar that has women at it because i don't because there is no fucking nothing's gonna sizzle down yeah at any point in the conversation you can be like you know i'm married yeah and it's like that's why rings are awesome because I used to sometimes almost feel bad that I would hurt a girl's feelings if, like, I was single and and they'd be, you know, and there'd be a vibe or something and I just didn't want to hook up with them. I would almost feel like I was letting them down. Like, you'd see in their mind, like, what's wrong with me? And it's like, no, I haven't slept in three days. My hands are shaking from dehydration. Like, I couldn't yeah. fucking, you know. It's And, and I, you're right. There's, uh, I think that adversely, Women are a lot more allowed to be themselves because if yeah. you're single, a woman's like, fuck, I don't want to lead this guy on. Or what if I do like this guy? How do I play that? Because it's hard being a woman and w- w- dealing with us. Like as much as I'm not one of these social justice pussy guys, it's like think of the tightrope they have to walk with single guys where it's like, OK, this dude wants to fuck me because I have big supple tits. But he's also like a good dude. So I kind of want to be friends with him. So like how do I act so that I'm not leading him on? And at the same time, I'm being myself, but being myself means he's going to want to fuck me. You know, like that's that's yeah. an intense thing to do. So I, I think women always like being my friend because I always had enough of a train wreck personality where I'd be like, they just knew that I wasn't going to be like, but I need you because I was always like just such a fucking psycho. Like I'd always <laughs> be like drunk with Swartz in or like yeah. some crazy thing that they just could be themselves because <laughs> like, they knew I wasn't going to be like, but fucking you promised me you know (laughs) that's why you know being a comic and a piano player and shit it's like i always had enough women at female attention where women could be friends with me because it wasn't like i was that hard up for pussy that i'd be like but you bought me that coffee so that means you're jerking my dick now oh god yeah i've (laughs) man i would get i would fuck i now that i think about it i wonder how many women just found me unbearable because i was reading into anything they did give me an example like uh like there's so many times that i was like "Ugh, this person totally wants to fuck me (laughs) that's awesome and 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 i'm sure they didn't 
but it doesn't matter because I had already had that conversation. Like once I said she wants to fuck me, then everything she said was loaded and everything she that came out of her mouth. My old roommate, I was like, I used to think she wanted to fuck me all the time. She'd be like, hey, when I get, if you want, because I slept on the couch when I first moved to New York. She's like, if you want, you can just sleep in my bed with me. And in my head, I was like, uh, I'll pass. And she's like, no, nothing's going to happen. I was like, sure, it won't. <laughs> okay. And then I'd say to my other That's roommate. That's a funny like, character, dude. And then it's like everything. It's like, hey, Bert, you want some coffee? It's like, um, I'm not going to take a boy job from you. <laughs> like, it's just I'll you pass. read into every single thing they say. And if I get a coffee now, what do I got to do at lunch? <laughs> right. Be like, because you need me to have some fucking pep in my step for the pound session you're begging for. Oh, it, that lasted so long. That lasted to a point when I told my wife, we had been married for like probably four years. And I was like, and she said something. I was like, oh, like three of your friends want to fuck me. And she was like, no one wants to fuck you. And I was like, I'll name them. And I named them off. <laughs> she was like, we're calling them right now. I was like, no, 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 don't call them. Yeah. And she was like, no, you think they want to fuck you? Let's put it out on the line. And they're like, so funny. I, would na- I told Amy Schumer one time I thought she wanted to fuck me. What'd she say? She was like, uh, not at all. I go, really? bullshit. To this day. You're like, then why are you making eye contact? I told her, I said, I go, look, I, I was like, very candidly, I know where, I know like, the number range that wants me you're in that number you're in that window right so you definitely i i I said i'll tell you this much i if i wanted to i could fuck you and she was like not at all she was like sincerely not at all and i was like and by the way i'm doing this in front of like four other guys i'm like amy let's not lie to each other like let's just call it what it is yeah and she was like not at all (laughs) that's so fucking i was early on in my sexual life i was the opposite because i didn't have sex till my freshman year in college and like I was so unappealing to women my childhood that like and I was like such a late bloomer and the bloom was such a fucking rapid ascent. Like it went from everything I was good at made me a loser that no chick wanted and then immediately it became the best shit ever for pussy so I didn't it's almost like Netflix taking over Blockbuster it was like <laughs> what? <laughs> you know like when I was 18 when I was 16 playing piano, reading books, being tall like all these things, people are like, "Oh, you're an ogre, fucking nerd, faggot," because you're a burden. <laughs> and uh, and it was like, you know, was like I just was like, "Oh, I'm one of those guys that women don't like." And then I went to college, and everything just readjusted, and it was just like all those things. And it was like women would literally have to be like, "I want your dick in me," and I'd be like, "Why would you even say that when you don't?" Like I, I it was like the opposite, and then I, I became normal. But at first, I was like women would seriously be like, let's go back to your place. I'm like, oh, yeah, so we can play checkers. <laughs> like nothing fucking register because I just, my self-image was women don't want to fuck me because I'm gangly tall and piano isn't attractive and I read too much. And oh. then it became like, I can talk to you all night. You're playing Moonlight Sonata. You're 6'7". Let me suck your dick. <laughs> and before that, it was the fucking opposite. Like I, Really? Oh, dude. It was like, it. it it's kind of like when, when being Jewish changed the game like they made them be bankers like way back in the day like the middle ages they're like we got to make these dirty jews handle all the all the money no this is all true this is fucking legendary what happened oh and and it also happened with lawyers in the early 1900s it's in one of gladwell's books but like think about okay so back in the day money was transferred from marriage you know blue bloods it's like this duke marries this fucking duchess and they got more lands in england and shit so banking in any trade was seen as dirty right they're like we don't touch money like fucking that's dirty so let's make the jews do it you know the 
because they're fucking Jews. We've got to make them do it. Yeah. And so the Jews are like, all right, we'll fucking do it because we're more literate because every one of us has to read because bar mitzvahs and you guys just put a dollar in the basket. And, um, and then the Renaissance comes, 1300s, 1400s, 1500s, and now all of a sudden trade is the shit. You know, New World, Marco Polo, trade is happening. And guess who already had all the trade routes? The Jews. Really? And everyone was like, oh, shit. Because being a banker then became the job, and they had been doing it for a thousand fucking years because they were forced to. It, same thing with, um, this was in one of Malcolm Gladwell's books, I think it was Outliers, where lawyers in the early 1900s in america it was like um all the harvard yale guys were all wasps and they would get all the best law uh, jobs best law firms and the jewish immigrants were forced to do mergers and acquisitions which was seen as dirty and shitty and then everything changed and everyone was like oh shit really oh yeah a lot of times you don't know what the whole world will shift and someone's just in that position where it was like you didn't know it going in. In fact, a lot of times oppressed groups will be forced to do certain things. And then their culture just is, it's like um, entertainment with African-Americans. It's like a lot of times they had to learn how to sing and dance and, and all this shit to just get by. And then, uh, you know, with, with their growing economic status, it's like, Oh shit, these dudes are fucking really good at music and singing and entertaining. And it's like, Oh yeah. yeah Cause that's part of the culture now. And you see it all the time. It's so fucking interesting to me. That's really yeah. I love when you see something like like I always think about like podcasting. Like I got in it when it was. I just got in it when it wasn't like when it was just getting popular. I just started doing them when they first got it started getting popular. Right. So then when I released mine, then I got all these listeners. But it was just because at, at the right time. And then I think like like what if right now they said you know hey. We're gonna. St- what if XM was like we're gonna start taking over podcasting and air podcasting on your thing, and then you're like, oh, you're set up to already be doing that. I'm already doing it. Exactly. I already got all the equipment. Exactly. I don't have to. I don't have to buy new stuff. You've already built the infrastructure. Where someone's like, well, it's interesting that you want this, and that, you know, it, it's it's like what Netflix did was unbelievable because they were already setting up. They were already setting up a system in place to get people content through the mail. Basically it was on demand was what changed. So it started off is probably they were just trying to get by any way they could. Blockbusters kicking their ass and they start selling like mailing shit to people. And then when the internet had the infrastructure where now you don't need the post office and you can just do it by clicking on something. They're like, well, it's weird because we have fucking millions of subscribers and that's all they do now. And it just, just massive takeover. They did have millions of subscribers. That's the crazy thing about Netflix is that they had millions of subscribers and their business. Like my, one of my buddies started a, a bar in um, I'm going to bastardize this, so I don't know how true it is, but this is how, how I re- recollect it. He started a bar right after college called East Andrews in Atlanta. Yeah. And what they did what they did is they said, give us your email address in, in, in lieu of a cover charge, and we will email deals to you, and you'll get in. You just give us your email address. So what he did is all these people, this is right before anyone ever – realize the the like now no one will give out their email address because they're like i don't get fucking spam from you yeah but like he did that right at the right time and he got 
all the people that just moved to Atlanta's email address. Like all the people from Florida State, Florida, University of Georgia, everyone that wanted to go to this bar, he got everyone's email address. And then he was like, well, fuck it. Let's start another restaurant. We have this email. Hey, guys, if you like these Andrews, try out our new place. Yeah. And all these people were like, fuck it. We like that. Let's try this. And so being in there at the right time. Yeah, it's almost like cultural viruses and cultural inoculation uh, cycles where it's like you get – uh, a virus enters your body and your body can't fight it yet. So it just takes over. That's what happens with all these social media things. Like it's kind of like when you go to Vegas, one time I was in Vegas doing a sh- uh, commercial thing for Lenovo and Southwest. And I was, all someone had to do was tell me a joke and they got a free round trip ticket anywhere in the world. Tell me a joke. This is free. No one had fucking do it because all their defenses were up, their inoculation, their immune system, because everyone was handing them shit. Yeah. So I'd go up to people and be like, hey, excuse me, if you tell me, they'd be like, no, I don't want your horse, you know, because it was Vegas. Now, yeah. if I went to a street in Des Moines and I was like, hey, if you tell me a joke, I'll give you a ticket. They're like, no fucking way, because no one's handing them shit. Yeah. So it's just like the first people on Twitter, the first people on Instagram, the first, because everyone is like open to this new thing where it's like, oh, I'm just going to like all this thing. Like, and then they can advertise to the people. It's, it's the same as canned laughter. Where back in the day, a sitcom, when you heard, ah, you're like, oh, that must be funny. And then people got used to that. It got abused. Shitty, shitty shows would just play canned laughter. And people are like, wait a minute, this isn't funny. And now when you hear canned laughter, you assume it's not funny. Where it's like yeah. an inoculation happens, where, where an organism uh, adapts to whatever the fuck uh, comes in. And then if you don't have the infrastructure, you're fucked. It's so funny. I, I started collecting email addresses in like a long, long time ago. And it just, and I just stopped because it was like, it was too much of a fucking hassle. Yeah. To I, up- I, me, same here. But Kevin Hart collected email addresses. I feel like now isn't. It doesn't work like it used to. I think Kevin did it at the perfect time too. Yeah, like now I look at the new, I look at the new, um, the new apps, and like, like everyone's like, oh, I'm not getting on Snapchat. I go, you might as well. You look just, Let's you got to succumb to all of them. Don't be like, oh, I don't get this one, right? Well, because the next, because this is gonna be gone in eight months. Yeah, and you got to find the next one after that. I mean, it was, I'm, I, I have so many. At, the other morning, I woke up, I tweeted, I put on Facebook, I periscoped. I did a Snapchat and I posted on Instagram and I was like, what am I leaving out? Right. Like, dude, I might go. Yeah. But see, then what happens, I think, is is someone just switches gear and goes way old school. And that's the move, like handwritten letters where it's like, I'm going to fuck all you guys up and take it all away. (laughs) You know, where it's like in person pitching. Yeah. You know, like, because now I think there's so many apps that I almost don't think we can do it with apps anymore because it's like. We now all have that. Well, I'll just get into everything, and people just are combing through all this fucking garbage. There was a comic that- podcast. That's why podcasting is the shit because it's just good content. I I subscribe to like thirty podcasts, and every day there's a new one. I'm like, oh sweet, I can listen to this and enjoy it. Versus now, Twitter is just like fucking Trump is Hitler. Hillary's a cunt. Trump is Hitler. Hillary's a- it's just a fucking stream of bullshit. Twitter uh, Twitter is is. I mean, I think it's gotten taken over by marketers, too. So it just seems like, I don't know. I feel like Twitter's, you know, I, mean, I still tweet and I still talk to people on Twitter. Yeah. But, like, I don't use it the way I used to. The, uh, pod, dude, podcasting is, it, 
it's the same medium just presented in a different and easier way to acquire it. If you give me anything, just make it easier for me to acquire. That's what I'm looking for. And also, it's it's the long form heart of podcasting is what I love about it. It's yeah. not just like. 30 words that have to shock me into clicking like this tarantula might give you AIDS it's like no I need to see what, what the fuck and then it's like yeah. bye Geico and I'm like you tricked me again bye I'm never clicking Geico. on a thing bye Geico but like podcasts you're like you just want to slip into someone else's world and just like chill and like you're jogging or driving or at work and you just want to be in, in a world and just listen who's I, the guy I listen to Chris Gep Gephardt Gephardt yeah yeah he's got a new one I haven't listened to that yet but I hear it's really good well I heard him on Marin and he was fucking fascinating and i was like god damn it man like fucking follow uh check out his podcast totally and then you're like like i love that when like you get someone on a podcast like i i'm blown away like i'm trying to think of what like dude stanhope's podcast my favorite podcast ever dude him giving me props on a podcast did more for me than doing like leno five times when did he do that in one of the podcasts he said that um he doesn't like relationship material, but I, he likes mine, and I'm super funny. Yeah. And people like more people wrote to me from him mentioning me on his podcast and yeah. me doing a nationally televised stand-up spot. It's just like a 15-second reference of Doug Stanhope giving me credit. Like basically, what he's saying is like, I don't like that. Like that's a hack premise, but he's a really good hack. Well, not yeah. really, but like that's a huge compliment. I from coming from him. Oh, every, I, any compliment. He's, yeah, he's, I fucking, I absolutely love him. Me too. Yeah, I did the uh, Practical Jokers cruise with him and we, we oh, got that's to right. I out. heard him talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was at one of my shows and after he just came up, he, I was like, no, are you fucking, I, I was scared to have a guy like him watch me because I wasn't brilliant enough. You know, yeah. like I didn't want him to see me talk about how men and women are different. And he literally said, he was like, dude, I usually don't like men and women are different shit, but I like how you do it. And I was like. Holy shit. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. He's uh yeah, he's one of those guys. But his his podcast I fucking love. Love it. It's it love it. It's very much I you know, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out my podcast about Yours is awesome. What I like about it and what I don't like about it. Right. Like, my wife was like, I'm going through this thing that uh I don't know, I'll, I'll bounce it off you first. Like so uh Tom Skur and I are really good friends. Tom and his wife Christina made a started a hashtag on why is Bert so fat saying that I'm fatter than Tom which is not accurate I'm not fatter than Tom <laughs> and it was I got the joke at first but it just hasn't gone away and it's been like three weeks and all I get are Bert fat tweets all day long and I saw you tweet about that I think and after a while you just start getting to a point where like it starts to really fuck with your self-esteem dude I saw you like tweeting with someone about that and I'm like is Bert heard about this? Like, I really, I, I, I didn't know if it started as a, like, if it was a joke or you kind of being started like, as a joke. And then I think you got, were talking about like being fat shamed or something. Oh, dude, it's been fucking <laughs> aggressive. And there was That's a, so crazy. There was a period that my agent called and they were like, "Oh no, no, it's it's Amy Schumer, Kesha, and you are the three most fat shamed people on the internet." That's like, fucking funny. Like Segura has called me like a number of times. Like, hey man, I am really sorry. I did not know it was going to get this much steam. But you're not fat, it's, so it's like. But but the thing is that no, but I am really like no, I think no. I but am. here's here's the problem with you is uh, you're you're like in the zone to be super offended because you're not a fat person. Like yeah. if you're like a giant fat person, you'd be like, no shit. Right. But you have enough where you're like, 
when I was a heckler at a Renaissance fair it, uh, in high school, that a heckler at a Renaissance yeah, fair, yeah, like people threw tomatoes in my face. Oh, I was the heckler, God. yeah. So I got to see the heart of the monster, like what makes people freak out. Fat people don't get offended by fat jokes. It's people that are fatter than they want to be. <laughs> That is the person that has a fucking yes, meltdown. That is it's it. like it, 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 it's not what someone is. It's where their pride is and where their insecurities are. And that can be anywhere. I mean, we all know that stunning girl that thinks she's fucking ugly. And we all know that, like, you know, Bobby Lee thinks he bombs every time and he kills every time. Yeah. You know, like. Well, it's so funny because. Like Rebel Wilson and 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 Melissa McCarthy, I've, I don't think I've ever heard them talk about fat shaming. But like Amy and Kesha talk about fat shaming, and I don't—I I mean, I can see where people say they're overweight. But no, like, like for me, yeah. If, if it was an equivalent for me, it would be a career dig, where it's like, oh, I've never fucking heard of you or some shit, and it's like I wouldn't react, but it would hurt me. I'd be yeah. like, oh, because I—I haven't re- achieved that level of like, um, where I'm like, oh, like you know, super confident in everything I've done and everyone knows me and respects me. I'm still, you know, I'm still an underdog, but I've done enough where it fucking hurts. Where I'm like, I was on a sitcom for three years. I've had two Comedy Central specials. Yeah. And you don't fucking know who I am? That goes through my head because it's that zone. If I was, like, when I first moved to LA or even a few years in, if someone's like, I've never heard of you, it's like, no shit. Yeah. Like, I've never been on TV. But when you've had a hundred TV appearances and people haven't heard of you, it fucking stings. And that's like where you are with b- body, where you're like, you're not fat enough where it's your identity. Yeah. But you're fat enough where you're like, fuck. I got like, and I was, I, I've been talking to it. I've been talking to Segura about it a lot because like we're like, it all of a sudden it'll just go into fucking droves of like, like fucking 20 will just show up and I'm attacking like. Travel Channel doesn't get the joke. Like, they they don't know that it's... And so I tweet anything about Travel Channel. All anyone does, Travel Channel, why would you let someone so fat be on your network? So Travel Channel's actually started to be, like, a little, like, freaked out. And I'm like... You, and I can't explain to that. That'd be company. funny if this started a thing, and in, like, a year, you were, like, chiseled. Because you literally didn't have a choice. So my, my wife was like, my wife was like, this is where art comes from. You're, you, you should be talking about this on stage. And, and she goes, and it's a great story, she's, dude. She's like, you need to talk about this in your podcast. What you should do is you should talk to your therapist and have your therapist on your podcast and talk about very honestly how you're feeling. She's like, I'm guarantee there are women going through exactly what you're going through. Dude, that's a great idea. And so I think I'm going to do it with my therapist next week. But like the other, the other part of me doesn't want to like, even this conversation makes me uncomfortable because I don't want to add, I don't want to add sunlight to it. So everyone goes, well, this is really getting to Bert. This is fun. (laughs) Right, right, right. Everyone starts like, like I said, I went to a, I had a funeral yesterday, two days ago. And I was like, I'm going to be hopping off social media. And everyone's like, Tom, Tom, Christina, we just broke Bert. He's a sad O, fat bitch. Like, fucking. And I was like, and in my head, I was like, I got angry because I was like, he didn't break me. My wife's grandmother died. Like, I'm fu-, like, and then I'm like, fuck you. You're breaking me right now. How dare you? Like, yeah. fuck. And, and so my wife's like, yeah, you need to like incorporate this in your podcast. Let your podcast, you know, talk to your therapist. And then she's like, and fucking. Get a trainer and have a trainer come train you for 30 minutes once a week. Put it on your podcast, air it. And I was like, fuck, yeah. Like, And that's the way I look at podcasts now. I was like, how do you grow it bigger? How do you make it more your thumbprint of of what you – the, mo- the-, the most secure thing you can do is show insecurity. 
if you did that, that is like people that that's a it's a an inspiring thing because everyone has feelings of like this. Everyone yeah. has this shit, and and that's how you really connect to people is just being like in moments when you almost don't give a fuck, you reveal who you really are, and everyone's like, oh, well, you should have just said that the whole time because we all feel that way. It's you're right about the career dig thing. Is like. It's like I saw this person, I won't say them, but they just became an, a name people have heard about, and I saw them at the store, and I said hi to them, and they were like, I, I don't know you, and I was like, I was like in my head, I was like, I don't know, the fact that I know you, the fact that I know you means you probably should know me, only because I'm like, I've had specials, I've been on TV for six years, I've been doing stand-up, I, you know... All, all the podcasts that you're just doing right now, I actually did. You're like, my home is built on laughter. Like, I made my house by paying for it with making people laugh. Yeah, and the fact that you don't know me, is, I was like, okay, do you, maybe you really don't. So then, what do I, it's okay. Well, my wife Amy gave me good advice for that. We were on the, uh, she came with me to, we're on the road somewhere. And one of the wait staff, because th- it's almost more infuriating, not to be a dick, because of how hard I kill. Yeah. Like, after people are like, you're like one of the best comedians I've ever seen. It's crazy. I've never heard of you. And that fuck, that's a knife right in me. Because yeah. it's almost like like this dude with a huge dick that no one will suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I start not getting mad, but I'm like, I start listing my credits to this like young dude. Like almost like I had something to prove. And I'm like, well, I've done this. Maybe you know me from the house, Bonnie. Or fucking, maybe a lot of people don't remember my face. But... And my wife goes, just roll with it, man. Like, just be the yeah. underdog. Like, just be like, oh, yeah, thanks. You know, I'm working hard. Like, let people, like, feel that way about yeah, you. I don't... Like, what's, why do you need to prove that you, you're something you're not? And I'm like, because I've done so much. He's like, great. Let people discover that. Like, you it's... don't have to put that in their fucking face. And but she's it's for, right. But, but it's, it's, yeah, she's totally fucking right. But it, I don't mind a stranger saying that. Like, I've never heard of you. I go, yeah. That's, I mean, there's a lot of people. No, I'm but just... I get it all the time. Really? Like it, yeah. I mean, like some people will recognize me. Like, they, I went to high school with them. Like, they, it's just like, it's hilarious. And then someone with one fucking YouTube video, they eat cinnamon and puke on themselves. Like, they'll be like, oh, that dude. Dude, I heard a story about a guy who's on the internet who's at the Chicago Improv sold out a, like, noon show at Chicago 6 p.m. show $100 tickets yeah and I was like I'm doing the math in my head going whoa what did he walk out with and they're like yeah yeah and I was like that's like, 50k right there dude <laughs> one show and he only did 15 minutes did I mean 15. it's unbelievable he just and then he did a meet and greet but he's an internet star and you're like, oh yeah, but there, but there, there's people I discover all the time for the first time, like, like. Uh, yeah, that's true. You got I gotta look like, at it that way. I mean, and I'll well. say it to the, to, I'll say it this way, like. Um. Uh. Well, I mean, I'll say it. I, but like, Chris D'Elia is someone I've known for a while, but I've never yeah. really, like, I never really sat and like gotten like try to go through his shit and watch it. And the other day, he did this thing on uh, this Hot Ones, my favorite fucking web series. And uh, I check it out. I, it's, have you seen it? No. Oh, it's so fucking good. I'll check it out. And I watched it, and he made me laugh hysterically. He's like fucking four funny, or five dude. times. And I was like, "Oh shit, man! I gotta watch some Delia." And then all of a sudden, I'm like going through. I'm watching. I'm like, "Holy shit, he's funny as fuck." Yeah. But I've known him. I've known him. But I'm. I've only known him to just be the fucking sweetest guy in the world. Really nice, great guy. But I. And then when he go on stage, it's like I don't sit and watch a lot of comics. Yeah, you know? is you got to be isn't that weird. It's like we're on the road so much that it's it's so hard for 
like road comics to see our headline spots because we're always doing them the same nights that everyone else is doing. And, and Delia said to me, we did a show at uh, at the. It's really interesting you're saying this because he did, we did a show at uh, the store and he gets he was it was supposed to be him then me and he just like was out doing something. I was going to say smoking a cigarette, but he didn't do that. But he was not. They couldn't find him, so they had me go up, and then he went up, and then he came up, and he was like, "Dude, you're funny," and I was like, "It's the same shit. We've known each other of each other for a while. We just never sat and watched each other's shit, and then all of a sudden, you're getting discovered by someone you respect, and they're like, "God damn it, man, you're funny!" Like, so funny. I don't even know if Rogan's ever sat through watching one of my standups. Uh, you know? Like, yeah, that's interesting. I, man. And I'm being dead serious. I've only watched Segura a little bit. Like, I haven't really sat through any of his hours for fear one one is like i i watched the beginning of one and i was like this is good i'm gonna turn it off i'm gonna i don't want to jinx it yeah you know? i don't want to sit through it and I, then the other party is used i don't want to be too influenced by it totally you know yeah I, I and it's not even that i crave attention it's that i crave career stability <laughs> yeah so like it's not that i want people to tell me how great i am i want people to consistently go to the show so i can be feel that sense of comfort that I thought all my credits would give me. And I do have comfort, but it's just, it is just the wild west mentality that didn't exist when I moved here in 2003, where it's like, oh dude, so fast too, where it's like, you can just be replaced by an app. Like, it's just like, now it's a whole new thing. Like, like the credits that I worked so hard to, to develop used to just get you in rooms that were already selling out. Like to be a series regular on a sitcom for three years and have an hour on Comedy Central, you for sure were, were good to go. And now it's like, hold on, did you, you? I didn't understand what you. I didn't understand that the heaviness of it until you just said it. Because if you had said to you right when you got here, you're going to be a series regular for three years on a uh, ongoing sitcom, yeah, uh, prime time, and you're going to have an hour special on Comedy Central and a half hour special, and, and you're going to do special. Leno nine times. And then you would have been like, I would have been like, I, I don't want, I don't want that the, a house that big. Yeah, like I'd literally be like, I won't be able to find my keys. Yeah, in a house that big. If you had said, Bert, you'll have, <laughs> when you, by the time you're 43, you will have had two specials, one on Comedy Central, one on Showtime. You'll have been, you'll have done 30 pilots, 40 pilots, but you will have had been on the air continuously. For six years. Yeah, and I'd doing like, Rogan, like something that pe- millions of people listen to religiously to your voice for three straight hours. I'd be like, I'd be like, what, uh, what, how many boats do I have? Right. Instead You're of like, like, am I, am I dehydrated from fucking all day long? Oh, my wife. What does she look like? Yeah. Oh, she just, oh, my wife. What are you talking about? My fucking harem. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, so my wife is definitely cool with me fucking all our friends all the time then, right? Because then she can go on my ninth boat. God damn it. And then not like, so what, like what the fuck happened to this business? <laughs> what the fuck happened to this business? It's literally like, like running 10 hours a day every day. And right when you get to the Olympics, everyone's like, oh, we can use motorcycles. <laughs> And you're like, what the fuck? It's like, no, you're still super fast. Like, we love how fast you are. You run, yeah. There is a running portion. It just isn't as imperative as it was before. There's a 20-yard sprint to the motorcycle, and then it's a 20-mile race on a motorcycle. Yeah. So you have that extra advantage. And you're in great shape. You're in great endurance. Yeah. So, like, you'll last on the motorcycle. But, yeah, we're not running it the way we used to. And you're, you're also a great motorcycle driver, but this dude has just a better motorcycle, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
Because because uh, his parents own the company that now is taking over the world. <laughs> you know, what? It's so interesting that I'm so happy you worked on running, but uh, your hair. Like, what's yeah. up with your hair? And it's bad like, branding, bro. Yeah, like, what the fuck? You're like, ooh. <laughs> I guess you didn't hear the hair portion of this race. And do you speak Mandarin? It's like, I'm a sprinter. Yeah. But if you don't speak Mandarin, you're fucked. Oh, it's so fucking bizarre. It's like, I'm always, I'm always fascinated. What's really fascinating me these days is the, what seems to be the leap in money. Like, so many people I know, I feel like, I feel like no one in this business, I feel like you either make, I shouldn't do exact numbers. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll do, this sounds horrible. Okay, I'll just say this. When I started stand up, when I started headlining, my offer was for $1,350 a week. That's what I got. I heard stories of guys making six grand a week. And I was like, oh my God. And I knew a guy who's making 80 grand a week doing six shows yeah um and so i was like oh wow maybe probably probably doing eight shows i was like wow okay all right and then it just it just it just seemed like this business went from a place where now no one makes like 20 grand a week you either make like 10 grand a week or 15 grand a week or you make 80 grand a week right there's no more you make 1500 a week and you never got above that or you make 1500 dollars a week and it's like or like three grand. I remember when like three grand was the price on the road, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, all right, this I can do. Yeah, like I could figure this out." And then selling some merch, and then maybe a couple of some corporates bonuses. In there. Yeah. yeah, hit some bonuses. Oh, dude, it just seems like there's a fucking huge. There's no middle class. Totally. Like you're either rich from comedy, and for or those you're of you bro- listening right now, that's like three grand a week. What are these fucking assholes complaining about? You don't understand. We get paid differently. Yes. Like, like a lot of like, it really is important to understand how it's uh, broken down. You have to give ten percent to your agent, ten percent to your manager, and you now pay a different uh, tax bracket, and you have to pay for travel, and you eat out every meal, and you, there's a million factors where it's not. It's not what you think it is. I remember telling someone, I was like, I remember when I thought three grand a week was a lot of money. And someone was like, oh, so you know, three grand a week is a lot of money. I go, no, no, no. You, I, I, sh- I said three grand. I shouldn't have said three grand. I should have said 1,200. Exactly. That was I the got. number I just had in my head. Yeah. yeah three grand becomes 1,200. And, and I remember my wife, I mean, to this day, I brought home a check the other day for one day's work and I was fucking blown away. And I gave it to my wife. And my wife was like, well, don't forget. You're looking at that number. We only keep half of it. And then when you look at that, you're like, that fucking sucked. Yeah. It's like, shit, man. I only keep half of that. Yeah. It's almost like a chick being like, dude, you can pound me doggy. Now I'm just going to give you a hand job. You're still getting a hand job, but now you you compare it next to the doggy bang. I was could have gone doggy and now I'm getting a hand job. Hand job. Yeah. But if someone told you three hours before you're going to get a hand job, you'd be like, awesome. If if someone t- exactly. Yeah. And so we got told we were getting doggy style. I heard I was going to get a fucking, these girls are just going to run a train on me. Yeah. And that's what, I, that, that's the thing that blows me away about this business is like, all of a sudden you turn a corner and it turns into a mad dash. Oh, and also this is something that I've learned and I'm sure you've probably seen with, with uh, growing experience is how few people are satisfied where it's yeah. like, I will look at someone and be like, wow, that person must just have it made. They have like everything that I want right now. And then you hang with that person and they're like, man, why aren't I the next one? It's always, it's like everyone's next ache from looking up. 
Well, no, like there is no top. Like you look at so like I'm I, I'm trying to think, but like look at Bill. I mean, I don't know if Bill. It's hard to say because like like I look at. So you ever do you ever get on Google Trends? No. I may have just put you into a spiral. For What's going to happen? Week. What, what what is it? Google Trends. <laughs> oh man. Google Trends is my obsession right now. It's like what? What's the most Google thing in the world? No, 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 no. There's. I, mean, I just got to show it to you so that you can see it. Because once you see it, then you'll go, "Oh fuck!" Is so it? It's on. So. These are my lips and numbers. Nice. The only people I think seem happy are the ones that focus on other shit. That's why I like Burr and Rogan is because, like, it seems like Rogan will focus on a problem like getting really good at archery. It's almost like they sidestep the whole fucking game, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> this is – so this is Google Trends. So Okay. So I'll do this. I won't do this with comics because that will fucking make it very real. But, like, so type in Alex Rod – Riga's designated hitter. So this is how popular. This basically is a timeline to show you how successful he's been. These are when he spiked, right? And this is right now he's pretty low. He's only on 11, whereas in August 2013, he was at the peak. That must have been probably during the steroids thing. So what causes this? Searches? This is searches. How many people? So now you can add a term and compare him. To Derek. Oh, dude, this is going to break my brain. Derek Jeter. Oh, no. Okay. I'm going to start comparing myself. <laughs> this is, so look at Derek Jeter. Now, Derek Jeter averages a 12. Alex Rodriguez averages a 6. So you watch them, and they, they really track together the majority of their career. But then all of a sudden, boom, he's never been there. Now you want to see the fucking killer? Yeah. Kim Carr. Dashian, no one compares to this bitch. Look how holy much holy shit, shit! Right now, now let's holy let's, shit. Let's just do this. So let's let's take Alex Rodriguez out of it, okay? And now we'll put in Kevin Hart, and you see how big Kevin Hart is. It's not even fucking a blip near Kim Kardashian. But if you take out Kim Kardashian. You see that Kevin Hart is fucking on the rise compared to Derek Jeter. Now, let's take out Derek Jeter and put in Amy Schumer. This is so – I've been spent so much time doing this. It fucking makes you crazy. So what What have you learned? I've learned how fucking unsuccessful I am. I'll put in my name so that you can see. But Oh, dude, mine is at so, a zero for sure. Here, we'll, we'll put in some – I'll, I'll put in some real ones for you, but like, let's type in Amy, Amy Schumer versus Kevin Hart. All of a sudden, like, kind of whatever tracking, 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 and then am just up top. This is probably train wreck right here, July. Ooh, yeah, probably train wreck. And then now she's at on par with Amy with Kevin Hart. So now let's take these all out, and then this. Well, this is, <laughs> dude. This is fucking mind blowing. So this is. Bert Kreischer, stand-up comedian. So right now, but by the way, this chart looks amazing compared to nobody, right? 
But if you put Kevin Honor hard on here, I wouldn't even you wouldn't even register. You just see a blue flat line. <laughs> but this is what's great about it. So you go through, and you go. Most people searched Kreischer, Bert, 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 Bert the Machine. Um, and then you can go to where Bert is biggest. Doug Benson introduced this to me. So Nebraska. Did I type in the wrong fucking name? Nebraska. Why am I big in fucking Nebraska? Nebraska, Pennsylvania, Ohio, District of Columbia, Delaware. This tells you where you're popular. So now. You got, yeah. What are you going to do? No, we'll type in. You want to see you versus me? Or is that too real? I don't care. I I know I'm way under you. I've already done you. Is, you, it, I, is it pathetic? I, no, I can. I can already tell you. I can. You want me to tell you what was the most uh, googled? I, I, this is, by the way, uh, this is what I did. Is I watched you. You have a massive spike in here. Massive spike. Was it when I dated Christina Ricci? Yep. See, that's why this this shit is fucking bullshit. So, I think we're roughly on the same. But this fucking, I was like March two thousand nine. What the fuck did he kill somebody? And that yeah. is when you guys. I think when you guys broke up or started dating. That's fucking insane. That's hilarious. See, I've never been that big. I've never been that big. Yeah, that was a launch. That's fucking massive. But I mean, it doesn't then, mean anything now. It's well, like then, here, here. Let's type in us versus Bill Burr. Oh Jesus! <laughs> this is this is how big Bill is. Look at this. Oh, Bill's a monster. But here's the thing: is that we were all around the same place in 2005, Until all about- hanging out. And then all of a sudden, the Philly thing dude, happened. Dude, my 09 still beat beat Burr. Yeah, in 09, you were bigger than Burr. But that was just for no reason. It's almost like... something. In December 2015, Bill Burr <laughs> was fucking monstrous. Yeah. I, I've done this with just about everyone. I can tell you when... I can tell you when people were famous and why they were what they were famous for. And but What's some interesting shit that you've learned from that? Oh, can you just check out my states? I just want to know oh, what yeah, states. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let's just get out of Bill and Burt and just do Owen. And so your biggest states are Vermont, Vermont, that's interesting, Ohio, California, Arizona, Florida, New York, Washington. So according to Doug Benson, you should be hitting all of these places once a year. Do you even perform in Vermont? No. You need to get to Vermont. Do you do Ohio? Yeah, I do Ohio all the time. Yeah, Ohio, we're all Ohio because they've got all the comedy clubs. California, Arizona, Florida. So what am I? Th- oh, Owen Benjamin, and then Owen Benjamin comedian, Owen Benjamin height dog, IMDb, Wikipedia. Oh, nice. And then Owen Benjamin girlfriend. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, but it's interesting to see where you are right now. What? And co- then, yeah. The other thing that I start noticing is like the more I'm active on social media. So, like, if you notice, like. I feel like I'm going on an uptrend, but I just was more active on allowing social media to be in my life. So like right now, June 16th, I'm at 34. My height was, my 100 was, I never had a 100. Oh, it's compared to you. I'm never going to get to your 100. But like my height was... And you can go back and go, okay, so May 2014. Then you just Google May 2014 Burt Kreischer, and you go, oh... Clearly. And then you can also do this. You can type in your TV shows. So if I type in trip flip, you can coincide the spikes. So you're like, oh, that makes sense for that one. That makes sense for that one. So that was when trip flip was on. Yeah. May so, 2014. So you think a lot of it is also when companies are pushing you like with all their shit. 
Yeah, like they have advertising budgets. It has a lot. Has a. It's it's not foolproof, but you can. It is here. This is the one. Yeah. What are some? Oh, uh, I'll show you. Don't say names. I won't. But this is I do this one all the time because I'm blown away by it. Whoa! I know, right? <laughs> and then I think we're at the same point right here. <laughs> we're both peeking up because of the fucking thing. That's <laughs> so like, funny, dude. But you watch it. And then you watch it just climb. It's fucking fascinating. So, You'll be obsessed with it. So how do I not peak in 09? Like what like what do I do to fucking <laughs> jack this thing up? I don't know. I think the more okay, I think they are affected by and I and I'm I'd be curious to take a look at my calendars, but I think that your that I'll look at mine specifically, but like so like so these are affected by um TV premieres, these two. Or TV premieres. And then I think, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, right now I got a show on the air. So that's June 2016. And I've been promoting it. I've been calling into radio stations. I've been doing my podcast. So I think the more you just keep out there, like, go doing radio, doing stand-up. Yeah. I think that's more, like, you see the peaks. What's really interesting. So everyone listening right now, please fucking Google me so I can compete with Bert. Yeah, if you, and why didn't yeah. they laugh? Podcast Google Owen Benjamin. I mean, I think. There's, <laughs> wait, what's the one where I was like, "Hold on, do you?" I googled someone and I was like, oh, "Fuck!" I was like, "What are you guys doing once a month?" Like, it's clear that there's a pump that it's going like this and spiking and spiking and spiking. And I go, "Hold on, like, what is this? This is clearly something is happening." I forget whose career it was, man. It's, probably any of the people i've googled but uh but i was like i was like what's i was like you're releasing something i think it was amy i was like what are you you're spiking like every fucking month what was it i don't know dude it, i i got one that i think you should check out check out uh jim jeffries and watch how it coincides with shootings whoa hold on every time there's a mass shooting his gun bit gets shared like a billion times Jim Jeffries. I've Jim, done Jim, I'm sure. Jim Jeffries. And, and just look at where they spike. It'll be Newton. It'll be uh, Orlando. It'll be... Okay, here's Jim right. Jeffries. And then we'll just go shoot, mass shooting. Uh, yeah, ma- or, yeah, mass shootings. Shooting. Well, here, wait. Tell, they don't have mass shootings. Tell me some of the mass shootings we've had. Uh, oh, fuck, man. I don't even... Uh, what's that? The... Uh, what's that? The Batman one that was uh, Aurora. Aurora, yeah. Uh, how about what, uh, Newton, the, the elementary school? We'll go with this. Mass shooting. Must be spelled that wrong. Uh, mass shoot, deadliest mass shootings. How oh, these are. Jesus Christ. Jesus, these are all the mass shootings? So many. Fuck. God damn it. I've only heard of like fucking... There's one every day almost. What do we got here? Let's see. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Let's just see. Let's just type in... What was it? Newton? Yeah. But like school. School maybe? So it's not like Cam Newton. (laughs) <laughs> this is, oh, this is working. What? What's a fucking mass shooting? Like, what's definitely a, a col- no Columbine was so long ago. Um, 
What was the Aurora? How do you spell Aurora? A U. Um, How about the train wreck shooting? Wreck shooting. But will that just do train wreck? Uh, oh, was that it? No. I don't know. I don't know how we can do this. Yeah, his thing gets shared every time there's a shooting. Yeah. His thing. It's every time there's a Ooh, shooting. Maybe I need a bit like that. Maybe I need a bit that... Okay, what else happens besides... Like, maybe I... If, like... Okay, so... What's name's got the shark attack bit? So every time there's a... Whatchamacallit, they share my bit. Which bit? And that's it. I gotta come up with a bit. Yeah. <laughs> find something that happens, and then every time that happens, everyone plays my bit. I know. Now I'm, I'm, I think this Google Trends thing just is going to affect my life. I might end up assassinating a president or something. I just want a spike, bro. You've got you, – this is um, – all I did, I swear to God, I swear to God, I saw it was do- going down and I went, no. And I literally have been online every day Googling myself, putting out tweets. Fuck it. I'm like, I'm all over the map, guys. Someone Hilarious. Find me. And right now I'm going back up. So I'm like, oh, I can breathe. Fuck, man. I peaked in 09 just because oh. I dated somebody. You want to feel a lot better? Yeah. Don't say names. I won't say names. Okay. Oh, here we go. This is... this is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Just watch that. I know, but that, mine kind of did that a little, though. But mine no, was just no, no, one no, little spot. No, you've been... You've been on a, on I've been a consistent kind of, yeah. but that's, see that's taking off down. I can tell you what that was. The, uh, but yeah, it's it's just well, it, it, what you got to do is put yourself up against people like, uh, like I've I don't know, I've done this to everyone. I've done this to fucking everyone. But like the better ones, the ones that make you feel good is like, there's a lot of fucking there's a lot of ones where you're like you're like oh this is fucking like oh I've been, I've, been, I've done it. I got to a place where I had to I had to stop. I had to like block myself from the website because I was doing it. That's all I was doing. Really? It was effect, yeah, it was affecting the way my self esteem felt about myself. Like I was just like I was like fuck, man. Like I like I just I was like holy shit, man. I I'm not doing very well in my career. And I was like, no, I've been steady for a while. And this is and and by the way, I feel like I haven't achieved anything. So I go if that's my my 13 or my 23. Then I go, when this Showtime special comes out and I start really hitting the road hard, I go, I'll spike. And then I start going, wait, hold on. This is just a chart. Oh, and another thing is, look at, we're now slaves to algorithms. Yeah. Like, th- th- that chart has nothing to do with happiness. In 09, I was a re- I was miserable. I yeah. just, like, th- th- there's no spike when I just had my first child. Yeah. Or when I cracked the code to one of my harder jokes. It's literally spikes based on how many people want to look at you for something. Yeah. And a lot of it is negative. Oh, a lot. Oh, all of that was negative. When that was going on, I remember I remember when, when you started dating her and I was like, hold the fuck. I was like, how did he end up dating that person? That person's someone that I've heard of my whole fucking life. Like, yeah. Like- and then it, it, then it, it just, it wasn't. It's not like I, I'm talking shit about her or anything. It's just like it, it wasn't a great time in my life, you know? And so when yeah. I look at that spike and I'm like, oh, that spike must have really been good. It's like, no, it wasn't. You should do, you should talk, you should do a Google Trends joke. No, that's all you, man. This no, is no, your no, premise. A, do a Google Trends joke about your spike. So, guys, I want to get back up there. I want to just talk about my spike. <laughs> yeah, it's just called my it's bump set spike. I'm about my spike. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk so that you guys will Google it. Had <laughs> some bumps, some sets, some spikes. But what, what's a thing that could happen? What's a bit you could write that happens 
a couple times a year. That'd be funny if we do that premise and uh, and so we do a bit about Haley's comet and people are like, dude, it's every eighty years. You know, it's got to be something. Uh, the shootings, shootings are per- yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Shootings are perfect because they make everyone think it's the. It's like such a jarring thing, but there's but they're also common. Like people are like, it's such an emotionally charged event because people die senselessly. But it's so fucking common that like Jim Jeffries really hit the the Google spike home he, run on that he one. Did I, I bet I bet it's true because he says every time there's a shooting, it just fucking spikes. What's something else? Like what's something that happens often that people are emotionally connected to and would share your material with about said event? Where they're like, this is. He said this. You got to, you know, it's the bit where people write this period, you know, where it's like this. Watch this, like yeah. after an event. Um, man, minor. See, I focus. You, I focus okay, so create, much on family, like like everyday shit. That like it. It isn't create the perfect bit that incorporates uh, rape, gun control, sharks. Um. <laughs> so if someone gets raped and shot while they're swimming with a shark they spread yours a ton yeah and dude you'll just every time what's a those- positive thing though yeah but see negative is what spreads i don't want yeah that's the problem with the fucking google trends it's like just write a pro-gun jo- joke just write like a like just take jim's joke and just talk <laughs> Every time he says he, yes, you say no. Yeah, that's Here's hilarious. What I do like about guns. This is why. This is why guns are awesome. I wonder if you could do that. What's his? What, I wonder if you could literally just negate his. Well, his premise—it's it, a flawed premise logically, but that's it, still funny. It's a funny bit, but it's about Australia's like when it's like it's like the, the government's like we're going to take those from you, and we're like okay, and they took our guns because guns fucking shoot you know. It's a good bit, wow, but at the that's same so time, funny. when you Google Jim, that's the first thing that comes up. Of course, it is. Boat. But the difference between Australia and the U.S. is they don't have that many people. You can almost go door to door and take their guns. Like yeah. we have 350 million people, and we're all we're all different. Everything you know, people aren't as like homogenized here. It's the same with fucking healthcare in Sweden. It's like Sweden healthcare. It's like oh eight million people like you want me to just give them all band-aids that's not a lot of people like how like talk to me about fucking china you know and it's not even a political thing it's just a numbers game like it's so much easier to disarm a population when there isn't hundreds of millions of them and their culture that that's the thing that bothers me about the anti-gun people is when they're blatant hypocrites like a movie producer that's like anti-gun and all their movies have people shooting each other with guns i'm like that's way more toxic to create a culture where guns are fucking awesome than it is just actually having a gun. Uh, by the way, I will be Googling Jim Jeffries. You ever seen him punched? He got punched at no. the comedy store in London. That was like, uh, like I said to someone, I was said on stage. Dude, uh, I got to get punched. I got a spike. Uh, dude, I've already, I've, I have, I'm videotaping every single one of my shows. By the way, I'm videotaping all my shows now, just all of them. I videotape all of them and I erase them if they suck. I just go in and fucking delete it. Yeah. But in case I tell a new bit and then I have it, although I don't really f- follow through with it, but also in case someone charges the stage, like I had one time some guy charged the stage and grabbed my beer and pounded it. And the, they got them off stage in like a matter of seconds, and they happened to have footage of it. And so I was like, oh, fuck it, and put it up. 50,000 hits. I was like, fantastic. How, how did you title it? Uh, I don't know. I don't forget. Um, but I st- the other thing, the other thing, if you look at, if you look at, if you look at my 
my last regular spike was in December when I was podcasting twice a week and I was vlogging once a week. So I was putting out content. So the more you put out content, the more you start spiking. The more shit you put out. Like I was talking to Harley Mornstein about it and he goes, well, the way vlogs work, if you do a daily vlog, it catches fire. On what, like YouTube? or On YouTube. If you sat and did a daily vlog, like if you literally just camera you – Every morning you worked out a joke. You grabbed the paper and you're like, today's joke, this is the joke I'm writing. And you wrote it for five minutes, however long it would take you to write a joke. I mean, I could probably write a quick one, you know. Yeah. Like, and you just did that every single day. So people had something to tune into every single day. You're fu- you'd watch your number spike. I almost guarantee you, I, I, I almost bet money that you could outspike me right now if you just did a, a daily vlog for – for if you did it for three months, you'd watch the spike climb. Or I could just whack off on the top of the Eiffel Tower or some shit. Yeah, like honestly, yeah. I'm thinking something a little, little bonkers. Like I just want I, like something where people are like, "Dude, he whacked off on the Eiffel Tower." <laughs> or, or if I got a whole champagne bottle up my ass. Totally. <laughs> it's amazing how I said to someone just uh, to get bubbly Bert going over Fat Bert. <laughs> I said to someone the other day, I went, oh, no, I was I, I was trying to – it's very fucking long. I, it takes me more time to explain it, but I did it in my hour, so I, I can't do the bit. But I had gotten uh, – I'd had hot wings, and then I was fingering my wife, and then it, her fucking pussy caught a fire. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, did you have wings? And I was like, oh, I know you had taste buds up there. That's like, hilarious. And then, and then I said to her – and then I said to Siri, and it's one of those things where my brain works where I go, oh, that's much better. Like uh, I said to Siri, Siri, how do you get Tabasco out of a pussy? And then Siri goes, how do you get a basketball out of a pussy? <laughs> and <laughs> you're like, like well, yeah. now that you bring that up. I was like, forget my original problem. Dude, now I want to know how to get a basketball in a pussy because I'm looking to spike. How do, but how do you get – like, I mean, what? What's the cheat code? Um, Jim Jeffries did not write that bo- that joke as a cheat code. That's kind of like with my story about the Jews becoming great bankers. It's almost like he did the bit, and then the world became like that's how I feel about Anthony Jeselnik. I used to can't. I, I used to hate his comedy. I'd yeah. be like, this dude's a fucking dickhead. And then the world became so sensitive. I now love it. Oh, dude, because his it used shark to be attack bit. I don't know. I, I just no. know his whole style of like being a dick. I used yeah. to be like. Stop being a dick. Like, don't don't make fun of people that just are victims. Like, yeah. that's fucked up. But now, victim culture is so prevalent that I'm like, thank God for that dude for, like, just ripping on people that are sensitive. Yeah. So, like, it's almost like the whole world grew into his style in my viewpoint, you know? Yeah. I think it did. I think I, – I liked, I liked his last special because at the end he did that kind of, like, uh, like kind of rant about Comedy Central – I don't remember. I see. I, I watch this shit as I'm going in and out of sleep after taking a bunch of time on LPMs. Oh, I, it's really good. He just goes on to a rant about Comedy Central. What do you say? Uh, I don't really remember it that much, but he's. But it was about this bit he did about a shark attack, and he got like real sincere death threats. And he was like, "You don't understand. That's what I fucking look for." Yeah. Like apparently he is the guy that. I mean, I I know I did it the other day. The shooting happens, and I fucking go over to him. And I'm like, what's his joke? He's yeah. Gotta have, he's got to have the joke. 
Yeah. And he's like, he's like, it's crazy that he goes, literally a tragedy happens. And my inbox is filled with people going like, what's your take? See, that I liked when he talked about that because yeah. it was like he let people behind the curtain enough to be like, oh, okay, it's a joke to him. Versus the joke, the thing he said that I think of all the time is he said what he finds offensive is the people who, when something bad happens, type in, um, you know, hey, my heart goes out to all those people, RIP, sadness, I have profoundly, and he goes, that's basically someone saying, you know, hey, don't forget about me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I did a tweet after Prince's death where I'm like, I'm like, so sad about Prince. Reminds me of the time he told me I was super awesome. So inconvenient for my day. Like, uh, quote, every celebrity on Twitter. Yeah. And that went big because everyone was like, yeah, because you could match it up with everyone's tweet. It was like yeah. a way to brag about themselves, a way to like get attention off. But see, I will say the 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 thoughts and prayers, I do understand when people say that, when they feel powerless and they just want to be like thinking about you. It's just he... I think there's so much narcissism now in entertainment that people have taken something sweet and they're looking to spike. Dude, the whole problem with society is spikes. Yeah. Because everyone's like, okay, how, how can I capitalize? Because it didn't used to be a currency. Like, exposure wasn't a value. People tried to hide from it. Like, it almost was like low class to be in the fucking gossip column. And oh, now people yeah. are like, okay, how do I divide everyone so they're fighting about me so I get a fucking spike and I can sell more ads? How do I cap? Like now, now what I'm doing is going. What kind of tragedy happens that isn't gun violence that I can capitalize on and make a joke about so that every time it happens, people fucking hit me up. And dude, I'm on board. That's the problem is you can even be aware of what we're doing and how fucked up it is and still be like, still looking to spike. Yeah, <laughs> still looking to spike. I mean, because yeah. they're tying our our careers with it now. It's not like it's like you. It's it's such a fucking crazy time to be alive. It really is. Just looking to spike. Just looking to spike, man. Well, how much time have we done? Do you see how that was? Uh, uh, here. We've, we're two hours, 11 minutes. That's, oh. a good, that's a good run, man. It's a good run, man. This has been a fucking seamless conversation. It has. Let's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, dude, can I, t you ready for the fucking, are you ready for the sad spike of this conversation? Yeah. Is that, um, is that your numbers on my podcast when I did last time were spike? <laughs> <laughs> and I so when you were like, let's do it again. And I go, oh, and I know that coming when you have someone on that people love, that they almost discover through your podcast, that the second time they come on, they're fucking even higher. Like, the people that I brought on that I did never, like, that I was like, I was like, that I were not like Joey Diaz, Ari, or Tom Segura, that these people, that the people who listen to this already, like, were like, oh, I fucking love Mad Flavor. Um, were like you, Shane Moss, Danish and O'Neill. They just were like, Immediately, everyone's like, "Oh, fucking connect with your honesty." So I got a funny mad. I got a funny Joey Diaz story before we get out of here. You're it? gonna like it. So I did his podcast, the uh, the Church of What's Happening, and he gave me an edible that was so ridiculously strong, like to a point I didn't even know they could make it like that. You know, I'm used to like 20 milligrams of THC. This is like 150 plus. We're smoking joints, and so we're like 15 minutes into the podcast. I realize I can't talk. Like I start being like. And, like, I didn't know weed can make you feel like that. It felt like a different drug. It wasn't like I was yeah. high. I was like, I'm fucking fucked up. <laughs> and so, like, tw 20 minutes in, I'm trying to maintain conversations. We're talking about, like, my piano teacher got a sex change. And I'm saying, like, I don't even know what I'm saying. And I just go, he goes, do you need some air? I'm like, 
yeah, man, can I just go outside for a second and get some air? And I go outside and I start walking around and I just never went back during a podcast. Are you serious? And people kept tweeting me like, is Owen fucking dead? Like, where is it? Are you it was, serious? Bro, so I start walking around. I realize I can't talk at all. Like, I have no ability of talking. The, the, the whole world is like, like, he jokingly said that I, I saw the devil's dick or something. And I'm like, I kind of get that now. Like, I did kind of <laughs> see the devil's dick. And I, so I start walking around. I, I go to a park alone for like an hour. And then I just went home. And like, I didn't know until the next day. I was like... Oh my God. Like that was, that was a podcast that was going like it was like, and then he just kept talking with Lee and fucking, I never came back. Like, it was like, where the fuck did that dude go? Like oh, I, I lost my mind good. and it's like, cause listeners seemed to really enjoy it because it was so visceral and real. They got to listen to a man who lost his mind and oh, then had fucking amazing. Yeah. And I was just out. Oh, that's so fucking great. I got to watch that now. Dude, I, I still haven't listened to it because I'm almost scared of like how crazy I'll sound. Oh, I had, uh, I did the, I did a podcast with Doug Benson. For anyone, I'm gonna post this now. Uh, is that you cool with that? Yeah, I'm gonna fuck post yeah. this now. Oh, I'm also at the Improv this Saturday, uh, June 18th on Melrose. I'm headlining the eight o'clock show, and the next week, uh, Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. So come out to that. Hugepianist.com. That's my website. Pianist, not pianist. Hugepianist.com. The, uh, I, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, Doug Benson. I did Doug. So anyone who's looking for that podcast, it's called Doug Loves Burt. I did a podcast with Doug Benson, a live podcast in St. Louis, and it fucking, I mean, it was like fucking chaos. Really? Yeah, and I won't listen to it. Because, like, people have tweeted that it's funny as shit. Because I remember it being funny until it was not funny. And then we got into a fight on stage, and, uh. And it was like, and I got in a fight with another comic. You got in a fight with Doug on stage? Mm-hmm, bad. And then, it was bad? Yeah, it was. It was Dude, I, mean, I don't know. I haven't listened to it because I won't listen to it. One of my biggest ones last week, I had Ben Glebe and Scour Stone like, try to hash out an old fight. And they literally got in a, like, in a fight you know, on my podcast, like screaming at each other. Really? And like I've gotten more emails and tweets from that than anything because people are like, that was fucking crazy. Like it starts off with me trying to get them to work shit out. Yeah. And it's just, it, 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 and it's like, they're talking like how we talk normally. They were that honest. That's why I'm so fucking pumped. They let me post it because they're like, you wouldn't put me on fucking comedy juice. And I would always like, they were talking like comics, like yeah. just being like petty as shit, but real. Yeah. And, and I'm like, if you're any comic, just these people are all on television and look at how our lives haven't changed. Like we're still oh. like, you fucking lit me early, and I like I had someone there to see me from fucking the late show. It was just chaos. Oh, the I did the podcast I did with Doug is me and him in a hotel room. Honestly, I think figuring out if we can still be friends. Oh, that sounds like this one. Yeah. Like, and, so you guys like were working out real issues, and, but I didn't. I just put the fucking thing in the middle, and I we just talked about. I gotta hear this. It had been the, it had, the night before had been the show, and then the next morning I'd done press, and he just came over to my hotel room, and he was like, "All right, let's figure this out," and it's fucking. It's two hours of us just fucking being real honest. How did it get so bad? Um, Sorry, I know we got to go, but like no, this no, no, is no, just no, too no. fascinating. I, uh, and I had to tell you about the Mad Flavor shit. I, that's fucking amazing. Dude, I bailed. I want someone to take that an audio clip of that and then marry it to the video of you on the show just walking out. and just Dude, and people were screenshotting it from the YouTube where I'm literally just staring at the ceiling looking like I'm, I'm sucking the devil's dick. And it's like... <laughs> 
I and I. So, it's so irresponsible how much marijuana he gives people, dude. It was 110 milligrams. Like you know the threshold. It for was marijuana that star. Is like, it was like the star of death. Milligrams. Yeah, it was the star of death thing. And oh fuck and, those. And um, and and it was like I I hate letting people down. Like yeah. I hate it. Like yeah. if I'm late, if I'm if I feel like someone is like like I'm letting them down, I, I get so so much anxiety, and I'm so scared to hear them like. Well, he tweeted me and was like, "Dude, had a blast, like fucking great time." So I know he's he did isn't yeah, mad at he's me. He's cool for him. That's it's probably an honor in a way. Like that, dude, I, that he fucked me up that bad. I couldn't speak. That was for I mean I know Joey. I would say very well. That is ideal circumstance. Is that you go? All right, I have to tap the fuck out because you know Joey's like, dude, we're going deep tonight, motherfucker. Bro, I still think about it. Like I, 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 I haven't smoked much weed since because I'm I'm scared of seeing the devil's dick again. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably I like I'm weed. Of the devil's dick again. And I, I like like weed, so I'm gonna probably get myself back into it somehow. But like, I didn't know that it could go to that place. Oh, he did it to me and my dad. <sighs> he brought over, and I'd also taken an Adderall too. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, because I hadn't slept much the, the night before because of the baby, and I don't take a lot of Adderall, but I have the prescription in case I need it. Yeah, and uh, so I was like, okay, I'll take one of these to make sure I'm alert, and uh, you know, and so. I have like the focus of Adderall, but oh the devil's God. dick. And I just, I was like, I was looking at Joey like he was like a dragon slash magician slash God. Like I literally was just like, and I, I was like, I can't communicate what I'm feeling right now. Oh, that is fucking. He did that to me and my dad one Easter. He gave my dad edible, edibles, it was popcorn. And I go, Dad. He's like, what? I go, you just ate marijuana. He goes, no, I didn't. I ate popcorn, buddy. Uh-huh. I go, Joey. And Joey's like, we're going deep, cocksucker. <laughs> and, then, and then Joey's like, he, he's not going down that rabbit hole by himself and pours it in my hand and I fucking eat some. And then me and my dad had the most amazing conversation. It was fucking beautiful. Dude, but, see, that's a good level being at. I was just at, a handful was fine. I would, I would have looked at my dad at where I was at on Joey's show and I would have been like, there is literally an emperor here that I can't I can't speak that is to. Fucking hilarious! And I'm such a fan of like you and Joey and Rogan and everybody. And so like when I like listen to you guys' podcasts and like they'll, they'll talk about like weed and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm I'm gonna really enjoy getting high with Joey and, and chatting with him. Oh my god! But it was like an X factor that I wasn't prepared for. Is my phone ringing? Yeah, it's right next to you. Oh, cool. Let me go. There you go. Oh, it's Tom Segura. Let's take your caller. Nice. Hey, I'm doing a podcast. You're on speaker. What's up? You're doing a podcast right now? Yeah, I'm with Owen Benjamin. Have you seen the podcast he did with Joey where he took a, a death of star, a star death, and had to get up and leave and just walked out of the podcast? No. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I couldn't talk anymore. I was, I, was, I'm a, I, was, I wanted to come back. Like, in my mind, I just was getting air, and I just, I just never came back. And I, was, I fucking lost my mind. He's like I, he goes. I, uh, he goes. I I actually saw the devil's dick. <laughs> I saw I saw the episode where I ate one and then I cried and pulled over uh, on my way home. I got an Uber home because I was losing my mind. That's hilarious. Oh. Yeah, no, he's he's out of it. Dude, he pops eight in his mouth at a time now. Eight. Yeah, I it, I find it to be like so fucking aggressive. I don't know how he does that much. I don't know. And then he makes Lee do it too. He's like, Lee, you got to eat another one. And 
you can see it really affects me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We 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 he's definitely through the fucking looking glass. Wait, wait, did you see the podcast he did with Theo Vaughn where they ate mushrooms? I was with Theo that night after. <laughs> no. He gave Theo mushrooms and they're fucking and like they're talking about stuff in the middle of Theo's like, Man, I can't really answer these questions, Joey. Totally. Yeah, no, he's he's a really, really a savage. I mean yeah. there's nobody like him. I, I don't know. I mean, do you realize he goes that deep every day? Every single day he does that? I can't yeah. Yeah, with it like I, I I have so much respect for him. All his Twitter followers were, were saying that I was like in training and that like um, you know, I'll get there one day and I'm like, dude, I want to come back and, and definitely uh, put, like not be as much of a bitch and leave, but I can't ever get to where they're at because I, I can't talk. I physically can't communicate at that level. Dude, why would you want to get to where they're at? It's so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they seem so, I mean, he seems ever. really happy with it though. He can fucking hang out. Yeah, he can, he's fine with it. I know, it's crazy. I've done a show with him one time where he, um, I saw him like after his set, and he was sitting in the back, and he was kind of like really zoning out. And I go, "What's up?" And he goes, "I think I got too high for that one." And I go, "Oh, <laughs> are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, just that time, a little too much." So <laughs> he has his own like, you know, his own gauge for what's acceptable. But basically, he just operates at that level. It's really crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'll holler at you a little bit, man. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye-bye. The, uh, um, yeah, I, he, I've seen him when he gets, like, when Joey gets way past, way past noon, and it's just like, and you can see him, like, nodding out, but I can't, like, I, I'm, I can't do weed like that. No, it's, uh, it's not even weed at that point. It's, it's, it's something else, and it's intense. Like, can Rogan go that big? I don't think so. I've heard Rogan talk about it on his podcast. Here's the thing. Rogan doesn't have a problem going that deep, but he doesn't. I don't think he does it. I think he does it when he wants to get like knowledge or something. When he like, get, wants to get deep inside himself. Like yeah. he goes in his deprivation tank and he'll take that much and then fucking spin out. And, you know, he says, it, I'm not, I don't even know what he says. Like, all I know is that I think I've heard him say it it's to destroy the ego and get in and fucking. I think he thinks the panic attacks are healthy and they fucking. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really certain. All I know is that when I first, the very first time I met him, we were at, uh, we were, and he, he was showing me his deprivation tank and he was like, you got to take a, like a fucking bunch of edibles and go in there. I do it alone a lot more easily than if I, if I was in that zone alone, maybe I would have learned shit about myself. But yeah. with other people, all I feel is inadequate where I'm like, I can't talk. Like, oh. I literally am looking at your face. And it's like Theo on Mushrooms. I saw him at the improv later, and he just goes, man, your face is looking fucking crazy. And I'm like... I don't know how Theo could do that. Like, I, I could... I Like, I honestly was... I could not eat mushrooms and do a podcast. No. I could not. And I didn't think Theo could. I didn't realize how much pot he smokes. Like, he, I think he smokes a lot. Yeah, Theo, Theo can turn up the heat a lot. <laughs> He is like one of those dudes where like you learn something crazy and new about him every time you see him. He's like, did you know I killed a man? Like it's just like randomly, he's fucking done everything. He's well, he really led a really interesting life. He was one of those people. We did a show called Reality Bites back on Comedy Central. Yeah, he, I walked away thinking he's one of the funniest people I've ever been around because he's just half the time he's not trying to be funny, 
And I, I found when he's he, fucking genius, dude. Yeah. And his like thinking, his view on like how everything's gay is really funny. He's like, is it gay to fucking wear socks? You know, where I'm like, <laughs> what are you, what are you getting at here, Theo? It's it's the funniest quirk about him. Um, yeah. So I know we got to go, but I do want to fucking hear more about that Benson thing, though. Like, oh, what did you guys fight about? It was so I came in off a. Of, it's gonna sound so silly. <laughs> I came in off a plane. I was very excited. I was a little drunk. Not hammered, but right. I was buzzed. Yeah. And I I, th- I thought it would be very funny to walk into the show with uh, 100 cheeseburgers. I think two, I, maybe I had 200 burgers. I had 100 cheeseburgers, 150 cheeseburgers. You're looking to spike. Go yeah. on. So I, so, <laughs> so I show up t- to the event with 100 burgers. Maybe it was 200. I forget what it was. And Doug's like, do not bring those out. And I did not hear that. I, I heard it. But I didn't hear it. I didn't hear right. that as a real request. Yeah. I was like, Duh. I brought in 100 burgers as a joke. I'm definitely coming out with 100 burgers. Yeah. And I brought out the burgers and it just, it fucking, it set them off. And, and, and I was, I was steamrolling the entire show. Like I was, it was chaotic. And I, from what I understand, it's fun. It's fun for the first 30 minutes. But then I just won't let go of it. Like I won't, I'm not stopping steamrolling. Like even when he asked me to leave the stage, I do leave the stage. Or like at it, it, one point he walks off the stage going fine it's your show and then I go to check on him and then we ha- had a conversation and then I go off and I'm like wow maybe I should just go home like I think he's really upset and so then instead I decide to walk out into the showroom with my shirt off <laughs> and that fucking sent him through the roof <laughs> and then he gets he's really mad it's like you can tell he's really upset and and I and I'm oblivious to it which is probably the worst like. For someone to be upset and someone to really not have known they were not that they were making someone lose their fucking minds yeah. the worst, and so he tells me, and I don't remember how it was said, but it's very clear that he's like, "This is I am not finding this funny. You either get on the stage and you try to rebound, or you don't." And I decide to literally hat in hand get on stage and try to rebound and not steamroll it and just have a good time and try to make it better, and I don't. And I and it just and it gets it it just gets bad like it it gets bad at one point I think there's like a I don't know I, I'm hoping he edited some of the stuff out because and by I don't think he did I don't know if he did or not but it gets bad I tell someone to go fuck themselves like and then I fucking walk off stage and I go home and then they continued to try to do the podcast and it was awkward and then it was bad and Doug texted me that night and he was like hey man I don't have to release it if you don't want me to I was like I don't really care. It might a spike, you know. Spike's a spike. Spike's a spike, man. <laughs> Dude, spike it out. I was like, and he's like, I'll make it a paid episode, so it's just not out there for anyone to listen to, and you know. And he's like, and I'll share. He said he wanted to give me money from the profits because he charges like two bucks for it. But I was like, I don't need any fucking money. Although after the amount of tweets I've gotten, I'm like, well, I mean, how much money did you make? Yeah, and like the hundreds of cheeseburgers. But but. What's crazy is we did a show together the next night. So we hash it out. We're totally right. cool. We do a show again the next night. And a lot of the people had been there the night before. And they were like, whatever happened to the cheeseburgers? I go, they're in the fridge. And they're like, can we? And Doug's like, how about we give them out? And the crowd goes fucking nuts. They're like, yeah. And then me and Doug signed like fucking 50 fucking cheeseburgers like with a magic marker. So they like loved it. They loved the bit. And so Doug was like, maybe I should have just let the cheeseburger thing go. But what, is he a vegetarian? Like, what's his- no, no, no. It was because it, it was. It's because you know. I, I mean, th- plenty of this is probably incorporated into it. But his audience isn't a big drinking audience. They, but they are stoned and they do eat. Yeah. So I think his food. If you go in with 
if it's it would be the equivalent of me someone going into my show and giving everyone free beer and going, hey man, just so you know, the reason I'm valuable to these clubs is I sell a lot of alcohol to them. Yeah. So you're kind of cutting into the alcohol sales for the club, hence making my profit for the club not as profitable. Right. So and that was Doug's argument in the first place, and his argument was and is very valid. When I asked you not to bring them out in the first place, you should have just not brought them out. But I did not hear that. And he was like, were you drunk? I was like, no. I was just – I was firing hot, man. I was yeah, like, I was coming in hot. I was coming in hot. I yeah, was, fucking, I was pumped up. I had 100 burgers, man. <laughs> I, I, fucking, I was getting ready to take my shirt off. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and our whole our, – a lot of our podcast is about what we like in that show. And what's – it's very interesting. And, and who I pay respect to. Like, would I have acted like that if John Hamm was on stage? Probably not. But if John Hamm was on and I had a bunch of hamburgers, maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, if you're looking at the last name pun alone, you, you have to. And then I was saying, you know, so and he was like, maybe I just need to pair you with bigger, bigger people so that you'll be a little more respectful so that the show will be not a, the Burt show of Burt losing his mind. I go, but those are the shows I like. I like when TJ comes in and fucking spins out of control and the whole fucking show is about trying to reel him in or, or Todd Glass or fucking Zach or whatever. I like I'm a, their guest specific for me. And he's like, you like that, but some people don't. And then I listen to like Bobcat um, and, uh, and this director and Doug and another guy. And I was like, and I was like, oh, so when you just kind of like when you sit back and you don't steamroll it, it is a pretty fun show to listen to. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be steamrolled, but it's my insecurity. It's whatever I have that I'm insecure about that I'm not funny enough to sit back and not talk. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, man. I, I, I like steamrolls. It's a good. It's a great. The podcast we did together, me and him, is really fucking interesting. It's like it gets creepy at times, but it's really interesting. I'm definitely listening. I mean, that's the, that's the irony of all this shit. That's why the spike is ruling the world now because that will make me need to wa- listen. You'll like where I'm like I gotta hear what the fuck goes on. You'll like it. You'll yeah. You'll like it. I, I it's that's yeah. It's it's good. It's good, and it's yeah. Because people like that about mine, they like hearing me bomb. Like I, I started realizing that because I don't analyze other people's jokes because that's a dick yeah. move. Like why didn't this guy get a laugh? Like oh, I'm- Segura posted him bombing one time at a club, and it was fucking. It was better than what listening to him kill. Totally, like I'll play a joke. Like eventually, I'll show how like a joke work. But like the beginning stages, when I'm just like uncomfortable and it's silent and you can tell i'm fucking spiraling like people love that shit it's dude it was fat it's especially fascinating when you hear like when you hear someone describe what you're about here is this and this is what happened and you see that oh it's fucking fucking fascinating dude you're the man all right hey uh Hollywood Improv this Saturday? Yeah, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. And then next week, Gotham in uh, New York City. And uh, yeah, my podcast is Why Didn't They Ooh, Laugh? I hope we didn't tell everyone who you were who you were engaged to so they have to Google you and find out who you were engaged to in 2009. Uh-oh. Sounds oh, like someone's shit, about to get a spike. Great. Sounds like someone's about to get a spike. Yeah. Ooh, fucking welcome back. Since the beauty of my level is like low enough where like my spikes can come from little things. <laughs> You know, like if you're like Obama, you got to like fucking launch a nuclear bomb to get a spike. No one's bigger than Kim Kardashian. Cancer is bigger than Kim Kardashian. That's it. That's in, that's what else? Is, fuck, man. Now I'm going to like because I'm such a numbers guy. I also do a physics podcast. Like I, I'm Dude, fucking wait left. Till you, I'm, uh, wait till I find the one where you go. Hmm. Do you do? You must. I got to figure out who it is. But there's some comic where you're going. Wait, what do you do once a month? Once a month that is so fucking big. 
And you're like, because you, every month they're going like this. What, who is it? I can't remember. I'll figure it out. I'll text it to you. Um, Maybe they're a werewolf. Every full moon, they just go, fuck someone up. It's something like that. It's literally something like that where it's like, it's lunar. Like, it it hits on one fucking part. I'll figure maybe out Maybe it's it a chick and it's whenever they get their period, they do some crazy tweet. Oh, maybe my fucking, maybe my Jim Jeffries thing will be fat shaming. Dude, you got to associate yourself with fat shaming. Because you're not fat where people would feel bad for you. Yeah. You're the perfect zone. Where like every dude's like, that could be me too. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because like you're in that zone where, where you're not like a fat person. So it's not like people are like, seriously, don't say that. That's a dick move. <laughs> You know, it's not like like they're like you're, you know your life's at stake. It's not yeah. like are you guys seriously calling that guy fat? But so, dude, you got to associate yourself with fat shaming. You know what? Uh, I'll tell you. I'm gonna we're gonna stop the podcast and I'm gonna tell you what I was. Dude, do. fat shaming is your spike. <laughs> like, and then every time you know you can be the male face of fat shaming. Fuck. Oh, that's I did great. My Showtime special with my shirt off too. You did. Maybe I should just call it fat shamed. Yeah, it's called so brave. <laughs> Dude, you're the face so of male bravery about normal male bodies. Oh, fuck. It's like yes. when Schumer did that naked picture where it's like, you know, woman, flawed, beautiful. Yeah. You, know. you got to do the same thing where you're like, I'm brave. Oh, like, I have fuck, fucking yes. issues with being, you know, fat shamed. So now I'm I'm taking the control in my own life. So you're not going to call me fat. I'm going to show you my body. I love my body. I'm proud of my body. All right. All right. Good hang. All right. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.